0: My fellow Americans, I'm pleased to tell you today that I've signed legislation that will outlaw Russia forever. We begin bombing in five minutes. Hello and welcome to We Came From The 80s, the podcast where we talk about movies we thought were cool. I'm your host, Farron, and I'm the leader of the local resistance, and I'm joined today by a special guest star, Adam, who won't stop yelling... Wolverines! <laughs> How you doing, Adam? I'm doing good, thanks. So we've, be good? Been, we've been trying to do this for months. We're eventually <laughs> going to do the Predator 1 and 2 joint episode, but... You have this like work and life thing, whatever, like whatever the hell that is, but yeah. we found time for this. We did finally. So you know, and so of course today we're doing Red Dawn. So it premiered on the tenth of August, nineteen eighty four, and it was directed by John Milius, who you may remember he did Conan the Barbarian. Yes. Flight of the Intruder. Have you ever seen that one? I No, actually. I have, that doesn't even ring a bell for I, me. I actually went looking for it and I couldn't find it anywhere. It was this really neat... It was about the A6 Intruder, you know, the plane? Yeah, yeah. It was just about this crew in, in Vietnam and how they planned to steal the plane and fly it over North Vietnam. Oh. It was like Danny Glover and, and Willem Dafoe, who hmm. I, I would watch read the phone book, frankly. Um, <laughs> but it was a good film. So he did that one. Okay. Uh, he also wrote Apocalypse Now. Oh, okay. So, so that's impressive. Yeah. I can't help but wonder if, that's in, if that was connected to him hiring... Charlie Sheen and was supposed to be initially Emilio Estevez the children of oh. Martin Sheen who's in Apocalypse Now Yeah, okay. I sort of wonder about that huh. uh, he also did Farewell to the King not familiar with that that's movie. a cool movie is it's, it? uh, it's a, a World War II film about this British spy who lands in a, on a Japanese occupied island and okay. finds this primitive tribe being ruled over by a, the king who's a US Army deserter good movie ah, yeah okay and he did the writing for clear and present danger the tom clancy okay. film yeah that essentially if you, if you if you like that film go buy uh, ghost recon wildlands that's yes which by the way is a kick-ass game but one day one day i'll be able to play that it's game good, it's good game i put a, <laughs> a couple hundred hours into that thing so it was written by john millius you know the mm-hmm. director and kevin reynolds uh kevin reynolds did a lot of work with kevin costner he did um, uh, i'm the only one in the world who likes this but the robin hood Prince of Thieves, you know, the... uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, he did that one. He's he's noted for working with Kevin Costner and quitting on him because he can't stand working with him. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so they wrote that together and it stars Patrick Swayze, C. Thomas Howell, Leah Thompson, Charlie Sheen in his first role, I believe, Jennifer Grey, Harry Dean Stanton, and Powers Booth. He was the pilot. Right. And it's kind of funny because this is the second 80s movie where Powers Booth plays a U.S. Air Force pilot in World War III. He did another movie called By Dawn's Early Light, where he played a B-52 pilot in the midst of World War three. Oh. And that's a fucking terrifying movie. That sounds um, like it, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's, I almost wouldn't want to do it for this podcast, mm-hmm. because it's really depressing. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, By Dawn's Early Light is a much more, I mean, this is a pretty intense film. Yes. It's, it's, there's, no, there's no real comedy in this. There's unintentional um. comedy. Well, yeah, there's funny because, <laughs> oh, God, that's bad. But there's yeah. no attempt at humor here. Like, they they play this straight. And, and same mm-hmm. with By Dawn's Early Light. But in the mid-'80s, and this is one of the reasons I wanted you here, because mm-hmm. you don't come from the 80s. No, I do not. I was born in 92. Yeah, when I was in grade 11, you bastard. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't feel old at all. Get off my lawn, you damn kid. <laughs> but in the 80s, I mean, this is the Reagan era. Right. And they're, you know, say what you want about Nixon – he pushed denouement, mm-hmm. this, you know, the strategic arms limitation talks and the strategic arms reduction talks, you know, bringing down the possibility of war with Russia. And then you got Reagan, who is far to the right, mm-hmm. you know, not a nut, not like the guys you see today, but right. far to the right, and, you know, evil empire. And, and, and there was always this fear of World War Three. And so you got a lot of these, a lot of these films uh, World War Three. There was uh, by dawn's early light. There was Red Dawn, mm-hmm. uh, Testament. Which, if you're looking, if you you feel you're not depressed enough in life, you should go watch Testament, which is just about actually with Kevin Costner about a a, a town falling apart after a nuclear war. Like, and then of course there's uh, the day after, which was horrific in its depiction of a nuclear attack on Kansas City. And okay. oh my God! So this is one of these films. But you didn't grow up in that era. You didn't grow up in the Cold War. The idea of nuclear war, okay, well, now with this bozo in the White House, it's slightly higher. You kind of oh. hope someone will tackle him when he, when he yells for the football. But in 1984, <laughs> this seemed like a distinct possibility. I mean, in 1984, I would have been uh, 9 <laughs> or 10 years old. Yeah. This seemed exceptionally real to me. I'm sure, yeah. And, you know, the, the Soviets were coming and, and, of course, Cuba back then. I mean, it's still... Mm-hmm. communist but back then it was still a functioning economy and yeah it, it was very different you know this was four years after the soviets had invaded afghanistan mm-hmm. you know back when the americans looked at that and said no bad idea but yeah well you yeah, we saw yeah, how that panned out yeah that it worked as well if it's working as well for the for us as it did for them but <laughs> um you know this there was this there was a lot of movies about them damn Russians. I mean, then you have this yeah. shit like you know Rambo, where he gets to remitigate every war the Americans ever lost. Yes, uh, and you know those are bad, but this one plays it straight. It plays it
1: very straight, and um, it it doesn't really pull any punches with that fact either. It's very much upfront. This is trying to depict a cold, brutal reality, and you yeah. see that in the first like two minutes of the film.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. And remember, I mentioned when it started, like this film starts, you get this brief sort of these sort of bucolic scenes of, Mm -hmm. you know, small-town America in what is (laughs) meant to be Colorado. They actually filmed it slightly north, but it's clearly meant to be a Colorado. And then, you know, you see... You know, it's been a few days since the big game, which the Wolverines, the sports team, lost. And we're, we're introduced to Jed, who is, you know, was the star quarterback. Obviously, he's graduated, and now I don't know what the hell he does.
1: Yeah, they don't uh, really say. He
0: drives a truck. He drives a, a truck, truck. and yeah. picks people up. Yeah, and you know, he drops off his younger brother, played by Charlie Sheen, and, and, and I forget who the other one was. Was it Daryl? Was it Arvark? I think it was Arvark. Oh, okay, was the only person? The only reason I know his name is because of the credits. credits. Yeah, I don't even. I can't even place it. These guys are very generic, except for Robert. Yeah. C. Thomas Howell character who becomes this, this killer. Mm-hmm. Also because he had a Star Wars cap, um, and I remember that? him from ET. But yeah. we just start off with this very simple, you know, look at this you know, small town America, and you see the statue of the Rough Rider. This, you know, American uh, Rough Riders were Theodore Roosevelt's regiment in the Cuban America sorry the Spanish it's called the Spanish War Spanish American War but Americans invaded Cuba and there was this famous charge up San Juan Hill and all that and it's sort of like the American cowboy becomes a soldier that's what the rough riders were yes
1: carrying that um, beautiful green and white flag
0: well yeah it's yeah you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a statue and it's been shit on for 100 years but yeah I mean it's sort of small town America and then you know we see they're in this country school you know immediately there are paratroopers mm-hmm. and there's a shootout and remember saying they could not pull that off today the no. shootout in the school and and i think that's okay i mean yeah you know especially after um you know stoneman douglas high school mm-hmm. and, and those kids what they've gone through and of course now we can see that on twitter i, mean, I can't imagine how a film like this like to see that what it would do 100 so, percent. you know i mean
1: it would it would be publicly decried for yeah. uh, encouraging imagery of a, of
0: a school shoot yeah well and it's funny because in the in the 90s DiCaprio did a film called The Basketball Diaries. Okay. And in it he has a dream and when she fantasizes about kicking in the door to his classroom and he's all clad in black uh-huh. and he has a shotgun. Right. And people were really freaked out about that. Yeah. Um, I've never seen the film so I can't really comment though I've seen that scene but right. you know you see it on CNN and okay well what's the context but yeah. You know in the post Columbine world you don't show that. And in this, no. the, the shite remake of this with uh, uh, Thor what's his name? Chris oh, Hemsworth. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It happens in the streets. Ah, okay. you, you don't see it in a school. In a school but yeah. here, it's you know they're getting a lecture about it was a Genghis Khan. Yes. Uh, though ironically, the picture of Genghis Khan you see in the background mm-hmm. it was actually a caricature of the director John Milius. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, one of cool. the things you learn. And you know they're talking, and the you know the the teacher gets kind of confused and sees so the, the paratroopers falling
1: know. down out of the window. And it went on until the young son of the Khan. Ask his father that the last creature alive
0: be allowed to go free. Well now, my friend. Well now. Ah, right, check it out. All
1: right.
0: You know, and, and then of course, it all hell breaks loose.
1: Go ahead.
0: And when I saw this, like I said, I was 9 or 10 when I saw this. Mm -hmm. And it was on Super Channel, which is like the local pay TV channel. Not like it is now where it's TV on demand. Back then you got a schedule and, okay, Red Dawn is on. And... My parents, I, I, as I recall, they weren't especially pleased that I wanted to see it because this was a wicked violent film. Like, even for its... Like, now it's... I mean, actually, even by today's standards, it's yeah, pretty violent. Yeah, absolutely. It set a record. And I actually wrote this down so i got so I get the details right. <laughs> I guess so i get the details right. The film made the Guinness Book of World Records for having the most act of violence in any film up to that time. Mm. According to their calculations, 134 acts of violence per hour or 2.23 per minute. Wow. Like, that's... Even by I mean I've seen John Wick I was and, gonna say and I don't even think John Wick is quite that violent though yeah. it, it's much more brutal and, and quick yeah. and, and stylized. this is horror mm-hmm. When I saw it as a kid, I loved this movie. Like I'm Canadian. I grew up in a in a, in a household with a large L liberal father. Um, my father was actually they wanted him to run as oh. a liberal like yeah, like, he was the head of the Liberal Association of oh. McGill. Yeah, so my father, yeah, so my father was a big L liberal, you know, head of the the student uh, liberal club at McGill University, all this sort of stuff. He was a pacifist. He tolerated that I liked G.I. Joe, but, you know, I, mean, I was allowed to watch violent movies as a kid. I watched The Terminator. They right. rented that film for me, which gave me nightmares for a month, what were you going to do? <laughs> but they weren't, like, this was really violent, and they yes. weren't pleased, but, you know, my parents, like, most 80s parents, it's like, okay. That is the movie. That mm. is not real. Yes. There is a difference between real and, And of course, I'm on TV. I've been watching the news since I was three or four years old. Yes, really, my parents confirmed that. So I'd seen war. I would I mean, my earliest memory is, is remembering the uh, Israeli invasion of Lebanon and mm-hmm. tanks on the roads. And So I knew the difference, but this was a terrifying film, but I loved it. And it's funny because it was only a few weeks ago when I first said, hey, man, let's do Red Bull. Red Bull. Yeah, <laughs> Red let's, Bull. Do Red, let's do Red Bull. Bull. Yeah, let's do Red <laughs> Dawn. I'm still keeping that in. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say, please don't cut that. Yeah, so uh, um, let's do Red Dawn. Mm-hmm. And it finally occurred to me why I like this film. It's nothing about the us versus them, kill those damn Ruskies I actually had a fascination with the Soviet Union as a kid. Mm-hmm. When I played the Winter Games, the epics oh yeah, e, Epyx, uh E P Y X games for the Commodore 64. When I played uh, Winter Olympics, always okay. played the Soviets. Oh really? Um, yeah. And always named myself Chekhov. Yeah, I was a kid. What are you going leave me alone? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it wasn't the Rusky stuff. It wasn't the, you know, the I'm on a And it wasn't anything. Right. I was like, I'm, yeah. I'm in Calgary. Um, what it was, and it finally dawned on me a few weeks ago. It's the same reason I like zombie movies, or before they got bad. Mm-hmm. It's a problem-solving movie. Yeah. These kids are presented with a problem. Mm-hmm. And they have to solve it. How do you survive a zombie apocalypse? What do I have to do to be safe every night? Right. How do I survive a Soviet invasion? I need this, these materials. I need to go here. What are the logistics of that? It's an, Believe it or not, this movie, which ain't intellectual, mm. to nine or ten-year-old Farron, came off as an intellectual exercise, which I know seems weird, but that's what I liked about it. I wasn't conscious of the politics, mm. which it's funny because I haven't seen this movie in a few years. It really comes off a little more heavy-handed than I thought. Yeah, there's definitely some points.
1: Um, I mean, myself, not obviously not being from the from yeah. the era where this is, you know. How old 11, are you
0: there, youngin? Twenty
1: five. Screw you. Yeah, <laughs>
0: even
1: even though I'm I'm not as politically fluent in the time period, yeah. I, I was able to kind of cast back like, okay, Afghanistan, that makes sense. I understand why they're talking about these things, yeah. even if it did take a minute. Mm-hmm. So. I I got. Did you know everything.
0: the Soviets had invaded Afghanistan? Yes. Were, yeah. Yes, I did know that. Good movie about that called Charlie Wilson's War. True sure. story. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with uh, Tom Hanks. Oh, okay. Just about how he he helped arrange for the, believe it or not, the Taliban mm-hmm. to have weapons to fight yeah. the Soviets. So. Um. <laughs> yeah. So even though I had to kind of
1: cast my mind back and and think back yeah. to the learning or lack thereof that happened in some of my social studies Mm. classes in high school yeah uh i was able to mostly get it i'm sure that to you it comes off a lot more heavy-handed now with being able to kind of put this all in perspective and you you're
0: very fluent in everything here yeah i I, unfortunately i follow the crazies in the states well yeah it's i'm yeah it's especially these days the alex jones nut crowd but well uh, interdimensional
1: vampires are democrats i don't know alex jones insert i thought they were space lizards no, there was a great clip. He, uh, he was on Joe Rogan's podcast. And oh, that, it really th- th- high. Th- there's a
0: combination. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like Alexander Haig, who was Reagan's secretary of state at the time, had said that Red Dawn mm-hmm. was the most provocative and realistic movie he'd ever seen, which I think says more about Alexander Haig. Yeah. Because um, this movie's not realistic. No. I don't care how motivated the Soviet Union is. You cannot invade North America.
1: Yeah, and especially not, like, airdropping
0: directly into Colorado. It just... Well, I mean, I mean, you could you could do all that, but you're going to lose. Like, yeah. it's the one thing, and it's not, oh, our Americans, we have the Second Amendment, we have your guns. It, it well, just means no. it takes you five more minutes to die. Yeah. Because they're pinned down for a few minutes. But it's it's not anything about Americans versus Canadians or anything. It's just that mm-hmm. U.S. back then, I mean, 315 million now, let's say it's 300 back then, okay. plus 25 million Canadians... That's a lot of people to... It's in a lot of space to occupy. I don't think people yeah. realize just how large this place is. Yeah. And unless you're going to drop 10 million troops, yeah, you can't hold this. And it, it's, it's paranoia. Like even at the time, the sort of forgive me, I mean, we're going to get political in this podcast, so if you don't like that, I don't know, find another goddamn podcast. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's just sort of this right-wing, you know, I'm, you know I'm, I'm going to stand up against them Ruskies. The but Russians it, were never going to invade the, 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 North no. America. Why would you? Like, why would you, why, what would be the point of, of, of that disaster? I mean, Afghanistan is literally on their freaking border. How did the Soviets get into Afghanistan? They cross a bridge. Yeah. So, you know, and, and they couldn't manage that. In a, in, a, in a country full of freaking goat herders. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, it's called the Graveyard of Empires for a Reason, but well, yeah. the point is, how do you do that in a nation as large as the U.S.? So this is fantasy.
1: Mm. It is.
0: What I loved is they kind of, I mean, Milius is very right-wing. Like I told you, the first yes. picture I ever saw of him when I looked him up is he also wrote a, a similarly themed <laughs> video game called Homefront, which is about, of all things, the North Korean invasion of... U.S. Talk about fantasy, about fantasy. Picture of him standing with a, an American flag in the background, and a shotgun in his hand. I went, okay. I know his politics. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Where the hell is I going with this? I don't know. Good. Must've been important. Something uh, about Milius? Oh yeah, like it's. He sort of he's sort of this wink and knobs, nod. remember, where the first thing we see of the town is the bumper sticker. You yes. can have my gun when you take it out of my cold dead hands. And then <laughs> you look down, and then there's a guy on the ground with his pistol. Yes. And someone takes the pit. You know, a Soviet officer takes the mm-hmm. pistol. Out of his cold, dead hands. And it's it, it's kind of a wink. Like, Milius, he's doctrinaire. He's very right-wing, but he's not dumb. No, it, like, it does seem very self-aware. And when that yeah. scene
1: did pass, I did get a nice little chuckle out of that. Yeah. Because as, as right-wing as the guy is, he can look ahead and say, Yeah.
0: But I wonder right. if it's meant to be humorous as it's meant to, like, Oh, yeah, it counted for nothing. Good for you. You're carrying a pistol on you. Yeah. But, you know, the guy coming at you is carrying an AK-47, yeah. and he's a trained soldier. Hmm, right. You know, I know who I'm betting on. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's... You know, so as a kid this like the politics side of it didn't resonate. Mm-hmm. It does now, much more so and as you know, as sort of research for this, I watched the remake. <laughs> which other than to say just a bad film. It's just like there's no politics and it's just a bad film. Uh but then I watched Amerdon, which is like Chuck Norris's son did this, like Alex Jones has a cameo that tells you what you need to know about the politics, and it's Crazy Pants. Like it's it's it, like I got an hour in, and I was worried that my my brain might bleed through my nose. It sounds like a good experiment that we could just sit down
1: at some point, and I'll I'll just chain you to the chair, and we can watch that. Well, please just shoot me.
0: It's, <laughs> you know, give me the microfilm. I'll give it to you. I don't want to watch that again. It was just yeah, but like it's not the sort of it gets subtle by today's standards, but I don't think it was subtle back then. No, um, like it's you know it's we I don't know just it it comes off like the politics are the. Like it's very clear that Jed and Maddie, mm-hmm. short for like not Maddie's and Madison, is and Matthew, their their father is is clearly very right wing, and you know, I was very hard on you, but now you understand because of course he's a good you know good. conservative yes. American who was hard on his kids, none of that namby pamby stuff. I beat my kids sort of thing, and yes. now you're trained for war. Like, yeah, I knew I was right. I knew it.
1: You're alive. I was tough on both of you. And I did things that made you that made you hate me sometimes. But you understand now? Don't you? Okay, really.
0: <laughs> um, I I always feel bad for, for people who grow up like what kind of scary world do you live in that that's your thing? But yeah, absolutely. It's very clear that those sort that sort of nonsense is brushed aside very quickly, and then it becomes survival. Mm-hmm. You know, going back to the beginning of the of the movie what stands out for me this is something we always talk about what stands out to you for me it's that almost every time there's something really horrible about to happen it starts Mm -hmm. off with something very quiet and calm yes like when you first see the town actually the streets are empty which I thought was a little silly like you couldn't find a few extras but Mm -hmm. look at this quiet town it's just before dawn school hasn't started yet and look at that quiet field you know uh, football field and everything's so quiet and so nice and then there's you know the shootout scene and later you see that a few times where it's like look at this beautiful mountain range or this beautiful plain it's like you're meant to realize like how beautiful this country is and how quiet everything is mm-hmm. And then, inevitably, all fucking hell breaks loose. Yeah. And that really strikes me, is that you get this beautiful cinematography, look how gorgeous it is, mm-hmm. am I watching a Mutual of Omaha, you know, documentary? And then, <laughs> oh my god, machine guns and tanks. Yeah. And, you know, actually, that's that's the second time you've
1: kind of referred to that as the shootout scene. I don't even yeah. think that you can call that a shootout scene. A I mean, at the, the, the,
0: the school. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I a mean, shootout
1: sort of implies that there's two sides to the yeah, argument. Yeah, it's the,
0: it's the invasion scene. Yeah, it's you you know, <laughs> it's a um, school massacre. Yeah, and, and that's... and it's. You know, I, maybe it's because I've been following some of these Stoneman Douglas kids who are amazing. What an amazing group of kids they are! Yeah. And I—I I, I mean, I'm 42 years old. I'm not a high school kid anymore, but I can't help but think of it through their point of view and how horrible it is. Mm-hmm. But even back then, I mean, my God! Yeah. Like you know, they're sitting in this this you know this country school, which is like on a hill at the edge of town, like most country schools are, mm-hmm. it's like a patch of land over there. And yeah. you know, they build a school, and and you know, and you can you know you look out from the history teacher's classroom and you see nothing but the planes, and then you start seeing these, these paratroopers drop, and, you know, at first the, you know, the, the uh, history teacher's lecturing, and then he's sort of, um, he's sort of, um, distracted, and, and, and then he's still talking, and and then, you know, because at first he's, like, you're not sure what you're seeing, like, what the hell am I looking at? <laughs> yeah. And it's clearly they're not Americans, no. and they you got, the, you know, this camel that is not familiar, mm-hmm. and then he walks out to, to see, I mean, they got guns, but, you know, he's just this old, old dude in a, in a suit, and they gun him down. Mm-hmm. And then they fire on the students, and right away you see a child is killed, yeah. because you know they're all sort of leaning up against the window, and one of them doesn't duck. Mm-hmm. And then we see from the other point of view, he's draped over the window. He's dead with a bullet right through the head. And his eyes are open, and you realize, okay, this movie means business. And... They start shooting up this school and kids are running and it's kind of overkill. They're firing RPGs. Like they really wanted to dial it up to 11 right (laughs) away because they're, they want to show you this is freaking war. Yeah. When in reality, I mean, it's, It's, you know, it's it's hundreds of troops with AK 47s and a bunch of high school kids. You don't need that. But no, but what are they shooting at? No one shooting yeah. back. Well, it's, it's yeah. the evil communists coming in with the yeah. the overwhelming force. Yeah, and at first, yeah, they, they do present as like it's just sort of the faceless enemy. And, yeah. But why are they speaking Spanish? You never really understand. Mm-hmm. But actually, they're speaking Russian. The paratroopers, which I found interesting. Yeah, you don't you don't get Spanish until a little later on. Yeah. So you meet Colonel Bella or Nesto Bella. Yeah, or Bella. Yeah, he's the yes. first time you hear. Uh, okay, good. I'm glad because
1: I thought I was dominated. I just thought, oh, yeah, that's Russian when they were actually speaking Spanish. And I just no, no. It's, well, it's because the, <laughs> the
0: idea is they're using Cubans here. Yes. Because, you know, there is, a, we sort of skipped over this, but it starts off with the title cards where it explains oh, that, yes. you know, the Soviet Union is in drought. Uh, the Green Party has taken over in Europe, which, if you're a right-wing American, is 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 you know code for a communist without the red without the red star yeah. they're not by the way i mean <laughs> the greens in the the greens in the 80s in europe are much more radical this isn't like elizabeth <laughs> may the leader of the green party in canada who is a perfectly reasonable human being um, in fact, a fantastic well, parliamentarian. For the most um, part, she's yeah, at her moments. but, but she's <laughs> not. Yeah, well, they all all, all do. But <laughs> she's not. She's not a crazy. But you know, this is again, this is a, this mindset, this this politics. Right. And so, you know, the Greens have taken over in Europe. Therefore, you know, NATO has dissolved, and you know, Mexico is in revolution. The entire entirety of Central and South America has been taken over by commies, and they've. You know, we learn later that it's the entire Nicaraguan army. Yes. Which is what six guys in a in a and a, <laughs> a, 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 <laughs> a, a paddle boat. They race up into through the planes and okay whatever but you know that's why there's this mixture of spanish and russian mm-hmm. now the funny thing about that scene is when they filmed it they only had 16 paratroopers there's no cg in this film this is long before yeah. computers when they filmed it they had these 16 paratroopers in soviet gear with ak-47s and the wind picked up unexpectedly and these guys in the first take oh, were scattered geez. to the winds so one of these guys gets tangled in a tree just like you see in the movies mm-hmm in the middle of a neighborhood in middle America with his (laughs) Soviet (laughs) uniform and his (laughs) AK-47 screaming, don't shoot, don't shoot. For God's sakes, it's a movie. I'm American. Right. And (laughs) in this day and age, that would be on 55 cell phone cameras. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I remember hearing that thinking, this guy's lucky.
1: Yeah. someone didn't go
0: get their shotgun exactly um, because what would you do if you saw you know that and you had I mean a part of that is you know these days in this day and age it'd be all over the internet and the Mm -hmm. news we're filming chill out but they didn't they weren't aware of that and and so they just see this this poor bastard oh it gets worse um the, one of the tanks you see they built mm-hmm. a soviet tank because obviously strangely enough the soviet army wasn't going to provide hollywood with mm. one so they built one and they had it on a flatbed truck moving it from the production house in la <laughs> to the movie studio <laughs> two actual cia officers just oh, out and about their business yeah. saw it went holy fuck and followed it uh-huh. thinking oh my god what's going on here and they realized yeah, it's for a movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> and again, in this day and age, you know there'd be set photos and there'd be publicity, yep. and and you know the you know Patrick Swayze would be on Twitter going, "Hey, look at me!" Yep. Like you know, the but whole back town then, would be they're trying to be an extra in the film. Exactly. Yeah. Back then, it was a different story. They didn't really know, and so things like this, like confusion like this, gets through. Right. But yeah, so the, you know the paratroopers drop, and it's absolute chaos at the school. Again, who are they shooting at? If they would, if they want to execute all these children, mm-hmm. well, that's a good way to get the locals on site. So, like, yeah, we killed yeah. all your kids, but people are getting shot, and Jed comes back. Because what we realized is that, well, our first indication of the invasion was the paratroopers dropping in, in the playground. Mm-hmm. There's more going on because Jed has already turned his ass around in his pickup. Mm-hmm. And and kids just start piling in the back. It's like, you know, his brother, you know, played by Charlie Sheen. And I should mention that the initial person to play the older brother wasn't Patrick Swayze. It was Charlie Sheen's actual older brother, Emilio Estevez. Mm-hmm. And then it was a scheduling conflict, because this is when Emilio Estevez was part of the Brat Pack, you know, doing <laughs> yes. all the, the the John Hughes films and that sort of thing. So they brought in Patrick's, uh, Patrick, I was about to say Patrick Stewart, but no. No, that Patrick, would have been interesting. That would have been different. I don't think they could have pulled off the brother thing. But Patrick Swayze, <laughs> who I thought we, it, it did a good job. Swayze looks like that older brother, the, yeah. the former hero of the football team. He just looks it. Yeah, he kind of looks,
1: like even at that point, he looks a little bit just older and a bit tired and
0: yeah like this is the guy who went nowhere after high school you yeah. know but uh you know he piles all these kids in and they manage to get the hell out, you know they manage to get the hell out of dodge but then they actually pass through dodge which they pass through the town <laughs> yes. and instead of these empty streets in this nice quiet bucolic town it's absolute fucking chaos mm-hmm. and that's where we see that you know you can have the gun when you pry it out of my cold dead fingers you know it, it's neat because at first it's quiet you just you know you hear the odd explosion in the background and then you see the the uh, what do you call it? The sticker, and mm-hmm. then pans down to them pry You know, the, someone prying the gun out. Well,
1: it, it, for the first like half second or so, it's just the hand laying there, or the, the body laying there with that yeah. gun in the hand. And out. then the and guy reaches down and pulls it out of his yeah, hand.
0: And then you realize it's a Soviet. And then you look up and no, it's not one Soviet. It, it's, it's a bunch of them. It's a bunch of them, and they're rounding people up. And yes, you know, you, we see the one kid from the back of the truck. We see his father mm-hmm. calling out to him. He's already been shot. I do that! much later in the film, you must yes. have noticed they execute him. Yes. I At mean, that point, of course, they know who these kids are.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, that would have been easy because you just line up, okay, well, who's missing from the class photo? Okay, yeah, well,
1: except for the, the dead ones.
0: Well, yeah, <laughs> but, but that you've got their bodies and they'll yes. say, well, no, he's, he died in the you know, he died in the invasion, but right. they make it out into the country to this, in the middle of nowhere, yeah. gas station that Like 10 miles out of ten, town. 10 miles that, that has shotguns. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not... I honestly don't know how prevalent that would be i mean maybe in a small town you would have hunting mm-hmm. stuff
1: and i i mean it, do, it doesn't like break immersion for me or anything like that i i can still no, no keep that and just go okay
0: yeah i buy it there's, it's, yeah, there's yeah, a the local gas station that also sells hunting rifles. hunting goods <laughs> and that's the thing it's not machine guns yeah but here this is the old nra back when they were you know a sportsman's organization and they weren't involved in this shit mm-hmm. so they don't work their way into the movie the way they do in say amerageddon mm-hmm. um <laughs> And I still just keep laughing when you say the title. Well, yeah, it's it's <laughs> uh, it's just don't watch it. You're, you're you're a wealthier man for it, but deal. You know, here they go, and yeah, and it's like it's buck knives and it's shotguns mm-hmm. and and hunting rifles and and, yeah. and and civilian binoculars, civilian stuff like yeah. stuff that you and I we would do. We would we would go to Canadian Tire. Yeah, minus the shotguns and whatnot. Though I guess you can get nothing. You can still buy the rifles. Yeah, it? but this is all out in the open, yeah. and you know the, the old man. I guess one of the kids is his son and just says, okay, get in there, get everything you need and there's this panic and again, this is sort of the intellectual exercise for me going, okay, what do they need? They're going to need this. They're going to need this and we both laugh when one of the kids picks a football. A football. Yes. And it's like, who is that level head they think we're going to, need to have fun <laughs> but I guess when you think about it, yeah. these are kids. These are 14 and 15 year olds. Well, they make bad decisions. Yeah. There are
1: 14, 15 year old kids that are all on the football team, or were on the football Many team. Many of them are, yeah. May, yeah. Some
0: of them are. One of them is the class president. Oh, yes, and, that's you right. Know, it's, actually, I think the only one that might be on the football team is Maddie Because he's got the jersey. I think there's another one that had a jersey, too, wasn't there? I think he had a cap. That was the Star Wars cap, wasn't no, it? No, no, no. There was a, there was another cap. But I, oh, okay. I'm, it's difficult to keep them all straight. because yeah, They all I, like, look uh, the same. Yeah. That's the thing. Like They're all dark-haired white kids. Yeah. Uh, the one of them, I mean, he has an accent. Well, yeah. One, but, but, I mean... Well, I um, Papa, Papa, he calls them. Yeah, um, Aardvark. Is my... Aardvark. Is that an Aardvark? Yeah. And I'm wondering whether that's their nickname for a name they could not pronounce because he's foreign born. Maybe. I don't know, but they don't treat these kids bad. Like, no. these kids are all... No one in this movie is treated as a caricature mm-hmm. the way they were in, say, Amerigeddon, which, again, I come back to because it's like the... Like, Amerageddon is a sort of movie that the people who love... Red Dawn for its politics. Mm-hmm. They watch this movie as I commented in my on on Facebook with a you blanket over their lap and only one hand visible. Like it's, <laughs> uh, you know. But here he's it, it, just he's just one of the kids, and yeah. you know, it's whoever piled into the back of that truck. Congratulations, you welcome to the gang. Yeah, and you know so they load up the truck and off they go, and they come across a, a roadblock. A roadblock of a couple of, of Soviet tanks. Yeah, and you know they get off road because a, a U.S. helicopter is in the area and. Well, I mean, they get off-road because it's a it's a roadblock that starts firing at yeah, them. Yeah, and, and then they, the and helicopter they turn into, does yeah, a strafing run. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it's like, well, why is there only one helicopter? It's like, well, <laughs> in the United States, like there's there's not garrisons of combat-ready troops everywhere. Yeah. Like, even after 9-11, it took 24 hours mm-hmm. to get most troops ready to go to deploy them wherever they were going to go. And I'm sure I'm going to get an email from someone that's saying, no, no, it was 12 hours. The point well, is... Yeah, it was a period of time. You know, the... In a democracy, soldiers are not an occupying force. Their bullets are behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not ready to go. So, yeah, if you had an invasion, you would kind of catch them by surprise. Yeah. But... That's another, you know, unrealistic thing that the U.S. didn't see this coming. Yes. How do you not notice those sorts of troop movements? Well, they, they had satellites in the eighties. Yeah. I'm sorry. I
1: think that they tried to kind of lampshade that by saying, "Oh yes, the first wave came in on commercial planes." Yeah,
0: and then the illegals from yes. from the states. Yes. You know, d- don't tell. Oh God, don't show Donald Trump this movie. Was like, <laughs> see, I saw it in a film. We got to build that wall. You know, I was like you douchebag. But yeah, it's um, it's just kind of I, I sort of laugh at that sort of yeah. thing. But yeah, so they managed to get off road and they managed to get out of out of the way and. There's some. There's a pissing match between Daryl, the class president, and Jed. And I mean, how long do you think we can survive up here on olives and Rice Krispies? What else are we gonna do? As Kelly met student body president, I I forward the motion that we give ourselves up.
1: I s- I second the motion. We can't stay here. We we need
0: stuff. And sit down, Danny. Now you realize that it's. You know, it's the tough guy who takes charge, not the weenie class president. Yes. And that's actually the last of the politics right there. Yeah, that's that's
1: kind of it. They sort of cut that out and now it's it's survive.
0: Yeah, it's survive, and this guy is a hunter and he knows mm-hmm. what he's doing, and you know, go if you want, and of course this realize this kid realizes he can't go home. Yeah. You got nowhere to go after yeah. that. And the funny thing is everything just suddenly quiets right down. Mm-hmm. And then it's like a month. Because they always like there's always tell you what month we're in. So yeah. the invasion is in September, and the next time we actually see these guys mm-hmm like after the chaos it was about 20 minutes would you say the, the, um, the invasion yeah something like that yeah, it's so, not too long yeah and then suddenly it's October yeah and we see the brothers hunting with Robert uh, the guy with the Star Wars cap yes and he shoots a, his first elk deer deer, was a deer and he's made to drink his blood it's your first time isn't it yeah what you gotta drink if it's your first
1: we did What's it taste like? It's not too bad. I mean, it's it's, it's kind of salty, like a steak when you got a nosebleed, you know. Got to do it, Robert.
0: It's the spirit of the deer. Yes. Really? <laughs> okay, so you've been hunting. Yes. You, you're you're a, you're a country bumpkin. Uh, and yeah, sure. You're, yeah, you're not a country. Bumpkin. As I, he sits I've here been called and he, worse. And he sits here <laughs> in his, his his jeans, his his plaid shirt, and his his WWF country belt buckle. And Excuse his, me. <laughs>
1: Hey, to be fair, I resisted the temptation to wear my Stetson and sit across the table from you wearing that for this entire podcast. Oh, yeah, and your, and your guns, and and, your, and, your, and, you, and, you, and you
0: don't have the you don't have the gun rack in your in your no, in your, I, but you do have a pickup truck. I do have a pickup. I do not own a single gun at the moment, and no mud flaps with that girl on the back or no. the stars and bars. Yeah, but so you so you so you're you're coming. I mean, you you grew up in the in the sort of town that these kids did. Yes. So I got to ask, like, how realistic does the, do these kids feel like? I mean, not like we learn a lot about them. There's very little character development. How does it
1: feel to you? Uh, You know what? I was kind of thinking about that as we were going through the movie. And it feels, it's got that distinctly 80s tone to it. How so?
0: I'm curious. Because I don't feel that in this film. But of course, I'm, you know. (laughs) It's still
1: got that 80s action movie vibe to it, even though it's not quite there. It doesn't. I don't feel like it builds at this early on in yeah. the film, but obviously later on is where it kind of like. How oh, would you put right. that into words? I'm curious. I know exactly what you're thinking, but I'm wondering if you're thinking <sighs> what I'm thinking. Um, I'm thinking probably close. The best example is when they throw the grenade into the the, the two foot wide hole in the top of the tank the from the like mantle. 50 feet away. Yeah, or something. exactly. Yeah, and yeah, gets it right in. Yeah, it, I think that's probably the the most iconic point that I can say. Oh, it feels like an 80s action movie yeah. now. You know what it is for me? It's what the fact it? that, that
0: everyone fights. Oh, firing from the hip. Everyone <laughs> fires from the <laughs> hip. Everyone <laughs> fires from the hip. And uh, of course, I mean, I'm ex army, and, you know, no, you don't do that. And, no. But in movies, I mean, you're talking about. It's a whole different era. Like, yeah, if this were a modern movie, everyone. It's much more scary to have, you know, the gun on your shoulder and everyone moves in formation. It, yeah. it creates a much more aggressive, modern looking posture, the sort of the tactical movement. Mm-hmm. Here, these. Elite paratroopers sent to cut off a mountain pass, which is why they've invaded this fuck off town in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> it's not that the town's important; its yeah. location is important. Right? They're all firing from the hip. That's yes. that screams '80s. Yeah, yeah. You
1: know that's that's probably a, a much better, much better point of reference. But, but it's for, the same sort
0: of thing. Like, you yeah. know, it's amazing. No one misses unless they need to, yeah. and everyone's got superhero armor where it's the bullets go around you. And- until they until need to. Until they hit. need to. But yes. you know what we, we mentioned when they later on, and this is, you know, we sort of skip ahead and there's that one point where they, they sort of ambush these three Russians. Mm. So one of them yes. is from Africa. So I'm going to say Angola. Yeah, I think Because they call them an African baboon. Yeah. But it was a white guy. Yeah. So I'm going to guess it's whatever. It's some one of these, you know, for, you know, before they gained their independence from mm-hmm. their colonies, these are some of these white African nations, yeah. like Angola and um, South Africa. South Africa, you know, you know, well, this is the middle of apartheid. Well, you know, the idea is that these are now communist countries, and, yeah. and so this guy's been brought along. Right. We, we're going to point out that they're really good about how bullets actually affect people. Yes, because that's one thing you and I have in common. I was an army medic, and you're an, you're a paramedic. Yes, and so you know, we commented that they really do a good job of showing that. People don't get shot in the shoulder and either live or die. No one mm-hmm. straightens up like a board and falls like right. they did in the 40s and 50s movies. Yes, they're shot, but they keep on moving. You know, they depict the brutality of warfare and what bullets will do to you. And I think they do a pretty good job of it. Yeah, I, I sure know. say so. Um,
1: the other the other thing that I found that I really, really liked is the sound design in this movie. They do a great job of using silence, which...
0: Well, it's, it's sort of like, it sort of goes along with what I was saying about you always know, start with something... This quiet, beautiful exactly. visual. Yeah, this silence. I hadn't thought about that actually. Usually, I do comment about sound, but yeah, that's yeah. a that's a good point. Yeah, so you know, we see these, you know, we sort of see these kids, and obviously, they haven't, they have no idea what's going on. It's been mm-hmm. a month, and they're doing the hunting thing, and they drink the blood because it's. Yes. Yeah, actually, is that where we got onto? It. Like, yes. Like so, yeah. You're a country kid. You've been hunting. Yes. Have you? Do you consume the blood of what you? have Is that a hunting thing? I
1: don't but i know people who they do feel like that's their right of initiation so i don't but i know people that feel it's a right of initiation for one and for two it's
0: now what is that is that like a spiritual thing is this yes like some know. sort of faux native bullshit which was they don't do that shit no um like what is that like the people that i know that do
1: it either, do it for one of probably two main reasons okay. either because it's macho really? which speaks words yeah
0: drink the blood
1: Okay. Drink it, okay. <laughs> um, and then the other one is it just being symbolic of using all of the animal.
0: Okay, that at least I, I, I guess kind of, sort of, I can buy it. And, just seems I mean, like fucking weird to me. Man. It, is, it is weird. And they, they make fun of it in the remake, eh? Oh, did they really? And it's like, how does it taste? It tastes not bad. What, wait, don't you know? I was like, no, man, I do not drink that shit. Like they, <laughs> they they set them up like the, the two characters, the Jed and Maddie in in the new movie, yeah. set this kid up, and they make fun of it. And okay. I thought that was a quite that, the only good part of that remake is when they make fun of it. That's that a shit, that's cute little dig. I just. Yeah, I don't. But, know. Yeah, it, it is not like every time you're going to drink the all well, was, however many liters. Well, it's the first. It's the first time, yeah. and it's now you, the heart of a hunter man. Yeah, it's, really. Like it's come on. Yeah. It's just
1: I sort of laugh at it. Oh, but... of course, and you kind of have to. Like you yeah. look at these things, and it's it's meant to be ridiculous. Yeah. Well, okay, I shouldn't say that. Maybe it's not meant to be ridiculous. It might be meant to be the macho aspect in this movie, yeah. but. It, it comes off very ridiculous. Yeah. But what
0: I like is Jed is already imagining himself in a military setting because yes. he says, don't shoot him twice because the elk is not, or the deer or whatever has not died from that first shot mm-hmm. because he little 22 yeah. hunting rifles. <laughs> um, and he says, no, no, don't shoot the second time because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, th- then they can zero in on you and he tells the story of Jetta Dial, whatever, who he's named S- yeah, after. Settlers the... from that era from I'm guessing when the West was opened yeah. who, you know, if you fired twice, the Blackfoot Indians would know where you were and, okay, whatever. And yeah. it, it's like, it, it goes back to this sort of, I mean, so maybe the politics didn't stop, but it's sort of that rugged individualist living mm-hmm. off land. That's not an American thing. That's a Western thing. So we yeah. live in Calgary. Yeah. And you get that crap here too. Absolutely. You know, the, oh, I'm living off the land. I don't need no government. Health. Okay, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. You don't, until your, until your water turns rancid and you're yelling, yep. why aren't you fixing my
1: pipes? But we, we did get a good laugh out of that um, too. Just like him being named after this, Settler who, of course, is was Jedediah or
0: Jebediah? I think it's Jedediah. Jedidiah. Okay. I'm sorry, I keep thinking of Jedediah Springfield. Springfield, yes. <laughs> 1796 A fiercely determined band of pioneers leaves Maryland after misinterpreting a passage in the Bible. Their destination, New Sodom. This is their story. <laughs> You've saved our fledgling community. Mr.
1: Springfield, how can I hope to achieve such greatness? A noble spirit embiggens the smallest man. Yeah,
0: Springfield. rules! <laughs> 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 um yeah, I, I, every, the minute he said that, I'm, I all I can picture is that stupid it's statue, statue. <laughs> in the middle of Springfield <laughs> of this douchebag with his his coonskin cap. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, I just yeah. couldn't help it. Maybe it's just because I, I sort of mock that rugged individuals like, yeah. dude, it's twenty twenty eighteen and you have a cell phone. Sure. <laughs> you know, but uh <laughs> you, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't help but think about that. But like obviously, you know, these guys were raised this way because mm-hmm. when we eventually meet his dad, because eventually they go back into the town. Yes. The name of which I never quite picked up. Yeah,
1: I don't think that um, they ever do mention. They mentioned it
0: a couple times, but it's some weird two oh, word name and I whatever. The town. Oh, yeah it's in the, the middle town. of nowhere. Yeah. Um
1: that place.
0: That place, yeah. That place. So they go in and they, they see it's still under occupation mm-hmm. and it's all the things you expect from every bad propaganda film you've ever seen that there's no, f- there's nothing on the shelves of the stores and no one wants to talk to you right. and there's soldiers on every corner because well, yeah, of course there would be. The posters of Lenin
1: all across all the windows. Yeah, yeah. But th- th-
0: this is the standard nonsense propaganda yeah. that you th- that if you're waiting for them Ruskies to come, you think they're going to do <laughs> And... They they eventually find Jed and Maddie's father. He's mm-hmm. in the the drive-in where they've put all of the the troublemakers, and you know they're blaring this bullshit propaganda, yes. and it's
1: America is a warhouse where the revolutionary ideals of your forefathers are corrupted and in the
0: by It's yeah. clever propaganda. Mm-hmm. I heard because you heard at the beginning. It's like you know you have been betrayed by your leaders yes. who have given up on the revolutionary ideas of their forefathers and. And that is actually rhetoric from, I won't say flat-out communists in the states. There were very few of those, but let's far we'll say the left side of the the American spectrum, mm-hmm. who did try to connect the the you know the revolution in Russia, Lenin and yes. Stalin. Okay, Stalin isn't a revolutionary; he's a thug. with well. Lenin and Trotsky, and compare that to the, the founding fathers of the states. And Jesus Christ is that not even close? But yeah. only on a only on a Surface level, they're revolutionaries who overthrew yeah. an oppressive. You know, but they're pumping this shit through, and it's meant to be clumsy.
1: And yeah, um, and, and, and they
0: do a good job of that.
1: It's you're you're just going to stick these guys in this and what internment camp? Basically? Yeah, it's an internment camp in the yeah. old drive-through.
0: Yeah, probably yeah. because it already had you know probably, you know what it was? It was a big open area with Dead that already had
1: fencing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which which in retrospect makes makes a lot of sense logistically.
0: Well, yeah, and it uh, also has the screen you can pump yeah. this crap onto. But yeah, but eventually yeah. they do find their father. Mm-hmm. And they never tell you what he is. They mention they went to the station and he wasn't there. Yeah. Now, in the in the remake, he's the sheriff. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if that's because you don't see him in any sort of uniform. No. They never tell you why he's clearly just recently had the snot beat out of him. He can yeah. barely walk. Bleeding from his temple, can't hold himself. We realize this guy is the far right, mm-hmm. planning for the Ruskies to invade. Yeah. And he's... and And it's like, yeah, this guy is the right-wing individualist, yeah. but... The you know I beat my sons thing these days we go oh my god that's horrible but yeah. in the eighties yeah. it's a different story I mean okay child abuse is never right but no you know the tough dad who was the disciplinarian who might be you know get out the rod and and give you a and if you have done wrong mm-hmm. that is not out of the realm of reality and my mother spanked in, in my house it was my mother it was my father's mm-hmm. a is a pacifist yeah um, but he takes it to that rugged individualist. Little further to the right than is mainstream, even in the States in those days. Yeah, you can see this guy hitting his kid with a closed fist. Yes. And he's, you know, don't you ever cry for me again. And Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, you need to be tough together. And then he screams, avenge me. And then, of course, the next time you see him, he's being executed. Yeah. And it's like, dude, really? Yeah. He's, yeah, it's a little... It, weird yeah
1: it's, he's he's kind of sat back and going i saw this coming i beat you so you'd know how to take a beating from the russians and then, well, he never says that well, no, no yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. Sorry, but he doesn't say but that's it, the implication that's yes. the
0: implication and it's like he is the representation of that that the way of thinking yeah that mindset and it's a little weird but it's it is a scary scene people are crying mm-hmm. and you hear screaming it's clear there is brutality among the prisoners in the camp it's mostly old guys yeah well, uh, guys, there's there's obviously some women there. You can through that whole scene, you, you can see, hear a woman sobbing in the but background. But I wonder if that's people visiting their relatives. Uh, yeah, that's but fair. I that's think fair. I saw one woman behind the the double chain link fence. Yeah, it's, but like it's like a scary him. scene. I yeah. mean, it's clear these people are being brutalized. It's pure propaganda, of, course, is, of course. But though, ironically, and, and this is something that you know, <laughs> history buff <Really>? or <laughs> history major, in, in, the, in the when the when the British. We're dealing with an uprising. I don't want to say it's not the Philippines, but I don't remember where. Somewhere I think it was Malaysia. Okay. They use concentration camps. The idea okay. was if you have rebels in a village, you, I mean, not concentration camps in the Nazi sense. Let's be right. absolutely clear. Concentration camps is in we concentrate you in one area. Yes. And they round these guys up and put them behind fences. And it's like, okay, you're stuck here for six months. Then we'll let you out and maybe you'll behave. Mm-hmm. That's a, that is a counterinsurgency tactic. Yes. But not the sort of brutality and you're living in burned out cars sort of bullshit. Right. Um, and the Americans, by the way, did this. To the Japanese, we talked mm-hmm. about this in the Karate Kid episode, that there was an internment camp in the middle of the freaking desert where they round up all. You know, this is a tragic American story. Mm-hmm. We had it happen here too in Vancouver. Uh, was it? Well, they weren't in Vancouver. Well, not yet. in Vancouver. They, 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 pulled the, they pulled the Japanese population out of uh, off the coast. Yes, uh, and and I think here they wound up in Banff. Yeah, that sounds right. But yeah, the point is, these it's realistic in the sense that yes, they do this, but the sort of brutal, you know propaganda all day every day that's just nonsense mm-hmm. that's a waste of resources and that's more of a caricature of the soviets because the soviets yeah. here are not real people they're caricatures yeah right? exactly well for the most part um, um there, there's a the few th- times yeah
1: the, uh, the was, uh, i don't remember his rank the the, the, last, colonel. the colonel is colonel the colonel bella We're yeah about
0: the, 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 the cuban guy yeah or nesto bella yeah he's uh yeah he's He's a real guy. Like, we realize mm-hmm. he's very quickly disillusioned because he was a partisan. He was the guerrilla fighting the good old communist revolution in the, in, the, in the jungles of wherever. And now he's the occupying force and it sours on him quickly. Right. He's presented as a, as a real human being. Yeah. The only other one we actually get to see anything realistic out of is uh, the guy who pretends he can speak English, which yes. we'll have to talk about that yes. guy. Yeah, like, because he comes across as this kid, this is a kid. Yeah. Like, you're 25, this kid's younger than you. Yeah. And yeah. you you can definitely look at that and see that they're
1: they're portraying some much some, younger yeah. people in here. Obviously yeah, like, it's, it's not everybody is like
0: twenty five to thirty. But yeah, I, like the soldiers are young, they're human beings, but we never get we never like this is not meant to we're not meant to have any sympathy for the Russians. No, no, no whatsoever. No, not at all. When when you see the scene like in the in the in the re education camp, it's it comes off as like I said, pure propaganda. And I sort of roll my eyes and go, well, that's the name of it that's this movie. This movie is far less subtle than I remember. and there's far <laughs> less character uh, development than I remember, mm-hmm. and it's not as good a movie as I remember, yeah, but, you know, but maybe it's because I'm you know especially in the era of Trump, I'm so disgusted by those sorts of politics right. you know because I see it trying to pop up here and you know it's the nature of the internet. once you've seen it, it's hard to unsee and then yep. you realize you know David Frum once put it perfectly, he said. Every village has always had an idiot, but now there's the internet. Yes. So all of these guys meet online. They think they're the town because yeah. there's so many of them. But not the you know, yeah. He's interesting guy that like David from brilliant guy. But he's the axis of evil. Yeah, that's his turn of phrase. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, he has some. He has some things to answer for. But oh, in any yes. case, uh, every so often they shovel a couple a couple of tons of pol- of political bullshit at you. Yeah. But for the most part this is a war film. Yeah,
1: on the yeah. whole it's more of a, I'd say it's more of a war film than
0: than an action film.
1: It's it's more of more of a war film for than most I of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, it depends. Like, I just saw Twelve. I think it's called Twelve Men, which mm-hmm. I, I, actually also with uh, Chris Hemsworth about the, these twelve Green Berets who went into Afghanistan on mm-hmm. horses. True story. Okay, and that's a war film. Like, yeah, you know, or, or Saving Private Ryan. Yes, but yeah. Like most of the action films from the eighties. Like uh, around the same time, this shite Chuck Norris film came out <laughs> called. Uh, Shitty Chuck's North film, but I repeat myself, right. um, called Invasion USA, which is essentially the foreign hordes are coming to get us. Oh, God. And it's, again, it's, it's, it's pure action, and it may be flag-waving bullshit, but it's mostly just bullshit. This is the brutality of war and occupation, and, like, the first time they kill Russians, it's by accident. Yes. Because these three Russians drive up on what I'm guessing is a sightseeing tour. Yeah, it, it looks like they've just gone off. They've into the mountains leave. where there's a park. There's yeah. a, a national. Mm. It's a wildlife. Actually, it's a wildlife reserve um, <laughs> dedicated by Theodore Roosevelt. Yes, uh, the Republican president who was a huge. He is the. He's the Antiquities Act. He mm. that's the his. That's what he pushed. The Antiquities yeah. Act allows the creation of national parks. Yes, which is he's a, a huge conservation, most, huge, huge, um, huge,
1: huge thing for all of all of the states that yeah. allowed Yosemite and, to be a thing. Yeah,
0: and he's also you know the Rough Riders from that statue. Yes. So it's interesting how often Theodore Roosevelt comes up in this movie mm-hmm. obliquely. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so these three guys come up and they stop to, for a tour, and at first we think they're on their own, and there's this big wooden sign that you see in national parks all over the states where it explains what the hell this is. Hmm. And as I recall, the the text was about like how many acres it was and it was yeah. dedicated on such and such a day by yeah. Theodore Roosevelt. And it's like the vital statistics of trees and shit. Mm-hmm. And they look to this one soldier and, and, and you know, the, obviously the, the senior of the three and says, well, you studied English. What does this read? says, of course. And they actually make a point of him standing beside the sign <laughs> so the audience can read along with him. And it's this bullshit about what was it this was a, oh, a battle man. against uh, the local natives yep. of yankee imperialists and cowboys yep. led by the warmonger theodore roosevelt mm-hmm. and he gets the, the the date wrong he gets the date wrong the, the, the year gets... wrong because it says 1905 he says 1908 mm-hmm. right. he There's gets 40,000 acres yeah. and he talks about 300,000 killed and the greatest battle of the american west he talks about <laughs> yes. american cossacks yes. so you know what the cossacks are right yes. these these brutal horsemen from the from the steppes and they're still around by the way um it's hilarious. <laughs> like the guy is not even attempting. He's obviously bragged about reading English. Yeah. And now he has to perform. And so he just
1: makes this shit up. And, yeah. and the best part being at the end of this, at the end of this reading that he does, which is just hilariously bad, they applaud him. These other two. So actually I think it's a, a Cuban and a Soviet. Yeah. Just, and they but just I wonder if they're approving
0: like, yeah, you idiot. I, because he calls him a, an African, a, 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 an African, woman, which is not racial. No, clear. it is not.
1: These are all white guys. Yes. I suppose that maybe maybe they're in the joke that for maybe they Peaceful, peace speak enough. English again. And I they think, just
0: know I don't know because they only ever speak Russian to him. But, but they do. But
1: I mean, you, who knows? Yeah, yeah, but whatever it is, they don't seem
0: to like it. It's hard. It's not developed enough. The problem with this film is that they assume you know what's going on. Yes, but then we realize that these kids who've been hiding in the mountains for now about two months, mm-hmm. they're like right there beneath them on the cliff face, and one of the girls who's we we've we've, we've forgotten that at one point they visit a ranch and mm-hmm. we learn. About free America and this, you know, the invasion and two girl, their granddaughters who, you know, have sort of found their way to these people have been sort of hooked up with Jed to take care of them. And we know one of them has been raped. It's quite terrible. Um, We learn that obliquely and actually very intelligently later on. But we'll we'll come back to that. I'll actually play that clip. Okay, maybe I don't know. We'll think about that. Uh. But anyway, Tony, the younger of the two girls, played by Jennifer Grey. Who will later be in Dirty Dancing with Patrick. <laughs> yeah. much ba- a much happier film. Oh, this should um, be a video podcast because the audience is missing out on the little dance scene you did there. That's a that, <laughs> I didn't dance. Excuse me. <laughs> Farron don't dance. Um, Farron, Farron does not dance. Farron don't uh, dance. Yeah, Farron don't dance. That should be a t-shirt. You should sell that. No, <laughs> so, but yeah, so she slips, and and, and of course the the, the Russians realize mm-hmm. there are people there, and like she actually makes the first kill, mm-hmm. but not because she's out to take this guy down, right. because he slips and drops his AK forty seven, and she fires clumsily and kills him. Well, that was uh, predicated by them finding the arrow first. That's right. Yeah, they find an arrow on the ground, and they're making fun of. Look, it's a it's a it's a it's, it's an, an Indian, Indian arrow. arrow. Like, yeah. Really, they use steel. Did they use plastic? No, no, it's, it's polished it, it's bone. Polished bone, and they're <laughs> laughing at him. And then of course one of the kids actually, that's right, sticks the guy with an arrow. Yep. He shoots him with an arrow on his back, and which he, doesn't kill him and no. he starts climbing up the, the cliff because at this point he realizes there's more of them than us mm-hmm. but this was not planned because no. the three guys who actually have done some killing, the brothers and Robert, mm-hmm. um, who's the one who drank the blood. And yes. Okay. They sort of come charging in, but Jennifer Gray's character, Tony, which I'm assuming is short for, like, Antonia? Something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She guns this guy down, and then they kill the second guy. Mm-hmm. Actually, Jed, I think, puts a bullet in his head when he's on the ground, and then they follow the yeah. young sort of English speaker, and you see, that's where we come in, and wow, they, 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 got, they got the brutality of yeah. bullets, right? The guy, he can barely walk, he's covered in his own blood. Mm-hmm. Stumbling back to the Jeep. But he's not dead. Yeah. And then he tries to call for help, but... He realizes he's screwed and then Jed shoots him. We don't see that. No. But it's a hard cut and then the gunshot in yeah, the background. Yeah, but we get that close-up and we realize this kid's like 22. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. What we often forget is the Russian army, even today, is a conscript army. Mm-hmm. I think it's one or two years. But draftees don't make good soldiers. Right. And he ain't a great soldier. Um, and if he actually spoke English, he wouldn't be an infantryman. He'd be an intelligence officer. But that's mm-hmm. a different matter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he gets killed. And then we realize, and he says, remember they say that night at the campfire? One thing's for sure. We can't ever go home, any of us. Mm-hmm. He means it literally mm-hmm. because they know who they are. We learned that when they snuck into town earlier. They yeah. know who you are. Yeah, they're looking um, for you. They're looking for you. Uh, but now they can't go home because even if they surrendered themselves, well, now they've killed Soviet troops. Yeah. But he also means it figuratively. You yes. can't. They, they'll never be innocent again. And, and, and this is where they decide it's time to become gorillas. Mm-hmm. And for the youngins among us, we don't mean gorilla as in, you know, gorilla apes. Gorilla meaning, uh, it's, a, it's an old Spanish word, means small war. That's what it means. Essentially it's it's like what would you call it? Resistance fighters, people yeah. who, who like, you know, what the Taliban are, guerrilla like, fighters. Anybody fighting from underground. So, yeah, like I, and again, I don't I, mean I, that literally. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's 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 you know, it's not a standing army. It's like mm-hmm. the Taliban are yeah. guerrilla fighters. ISIS, well, they they pretend to be uh, a standing, standing army, but really they're, they're guerrillas. Yeah. Al-Qaeda are guerrilla fighters. Mm-hmm. That is not a judgment on mm-hmm. on the monstrosity that is them and their ideology. Right. It's just guerrilla fighters yeah um for in many cases okay actually the american revolution was different they actually raised a standing army Mm -hmm. because they wanted to fight a proper quote-unquote civilized war yes well that was also when people stood in front of each other and shot and waited to be shot yeah they did have guerrilla fighters yes but it wasn't like uh, you know there was guerrilla fighting in the french and indian war so Mm -hmm. yeah so very suddenly they adopt guerrilla tactics Mm -hmm. and we first see that when a tank rumbles up to a a gas station and (laughs) up comes from behind her Tony in Mm -hmm. this cutesy little bicycle with a basket on the front which I assume has Toto in it on their way home from the Wicked Witch of the West and they know full well that these people are going to take her basket which Mm -hmm. of course we learn has a gun in it and the guys try to rape her But she gets away, mostly because the tank commander's going, like, leave the broad alone. That's actually yeah. what they say. Leave <laughs> the broad alone. Just get her stuff. So they take the basket, they throw it into the tank, and it goes off. Now, so clearly that means well, it, was that a, it was a timing thing. Well, what It was if if an, ex- explos- an explosive, wasn't it? Not just a, yeah, 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 a gun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an explosive because it kills everyone in the tank. Yeah, Okay, sorry. But, I thought you said it was just a gun in there. Okay, my bad. What did I say? Is that what I said? I okay, think okay. you said no, no, it was, was a basket it. With, a, with a bomb in it, but yeah. they take it from her. So clearly at some point, just before she pulls up, she had set off the timer maybe mm-hmm. it was probably like a little tick 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 egg timer but yeah. now what would happen if they had held her there and searched it yeah they would have all died and you know it's a gas station that would have gone well mm. but yeah so it blows up the tank and these three guys come after her she makes a run for it across the field where we learn they have dug spider holes and they've covered them over and they pop out and gun these guys down yeah and they make a run for it yeah that is you know a premeditated setup to kill mm-hmm and they already, at this point, have AK-47s. I guess they must have taken them from those three guys in the mountains.
1: Yeah, I assume that they... Except either... for
0: Jad, who loves that twenty two. Oh, yeah,
1: you can't, yeah. Ta- can't take that thing away from him. Yeah, for money. <laughs> Um But you got to assume that they, they've gotten these weapons, and this is this is sort of the first attack. But by that same token, where are they getting the explosive that detonates and kills everybody inside the tank? Yeah,
0: you can't make an explosive. I mean, it doesn't have to be much of an explosive inside of a freaking tank. No, but um, still. But, yeah, it's... I'm, I don't imagine those three... Russian tourists were carrying much more than a grenade on them if that, and grenades of yeah. a 10 of a 10 second timer no mm. <laughs> so yeah it's it's one of those things maybe it's a homegrown explosive maybe this is we're not meant to think this is their first actual hit yeah it's hard to tell it's it's one of the clumsy things in this movie that things happen and they never show
1: it yeah it kind of breaks the verisimilitude a little bit but it's little. nothing nothing huge
0: yeah it, it's it's this movie needed to be 20 minutes long, 10 minutes longer. I, I think 10 yeah. minutes longer and you, you know, two minutes here, two minutes there. Yeah. But you know, I've often said in this podcast that there's always the sentence that would fix that problem mm-hmm. or the quick little scene that the the director said, get rid of it. We don't need it. Yeah. And maybe 99% of the people don't need it. But like, I just saw, I saw last night Avengers infinity war and I reviewed it and I, and I figured, I, I said that despite the length of this movie, it needed to be 15 minutes longer with way less fighting mm-hmm. because we're just meant to assume things. Yeah. We're meant to assume character changes and development that we are not, we have not been privy to in the freaking 18 movies that came before it. Suddenly, we're just meant to accept it. And I guess if you're just going to a film to switch off your brain and watch for two hours, that's fine. Hmm. But when you go back and you look at these films, and I promise you, we are we are investing more intellectual. <laughs> you know uh, energy, energy yeah. than the people who wrote this film not to yeah. say that they were dumb but they no. said ah oh, fuck it it's a two hour movie you're going to go exactly. you're going to watch it you're, you know, you're going to eat your popcorn and slurp on your your 2000 drink and mm. you're going to go home and that'll be it but that's not why I'm doing this podcast no. You know, otherwise it'd be a 10 minute podcast hi we're we doing Red Dawn it was good yeah, what do you think it up. was good yeah and that'd be it uh, yeah st- stuff blowed up real good <laughs> but yeah it's Like, it's the little things like that, like, where did the explosive come from? Mm -hmm. Because I know that, I'm sorry, I don't care how much sporting goods you have in your, in the middle of nowhere Mm. gas station, you don't have bombs. Yeah, no, you're not taking apart enough bullets to get enough
1: black powder to
0: put together an explosive that's going to kill everybody inside of the tank. hundreds (laughs) and hundreds of bullets. And I really wouldn't do much of anything other than than create a lot of smoke. Yeah, Yeah, poof. And maybe burn the guy if he had it in his hands. Yeah. Yeah, so who the heck knows? Yeah. But yeah, so now we're seeing very quickly these guys have decided they are gorillas. Mm-hmm. And oh, they're, no, they're wolverines. It's, yeah, it's a different they, animal. They, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Adam will be here all week. Uh. Remember to dip waitresses. But yeah, it's they adopt their, I'm guessing it's the school mascot. They are the, like, that's their, yeah. their, their their team, the well, wolverines. It's, it's on the back of the jackets, it's all wolverines. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's more of an American thing. I mean, I, yeah. you know, we were the, the Lord Beaverbrook, in my school, we were the mm-hmm. Lord Beaverbrook High School lords. Yeah. Tiberius was our guy but I don't ever want to, I, I I never once I hear people screaming Tiberius no. or but yeah so yeah so they've adopted the Wolverine which is fine because mm-hmm. it sort of unifies remember they're all high school students except for Jed and what's his claim to fame he was he was a quarterback he was a quarterback he's he's the guy who probably you know two years after graduating is still going to the parties because yeah. he got out of high school and he don't go nowhere like he's he, he yeah. I mean, this guy didn't go off to college he he just he works somewhere in town and that's fine. There's nothing on there that's perfectly honorable to be a, well, again, we don't know what he is. He's not a farmer. Dad is something in town, the station. So firefighter, or maybe he's a cop, but who the hell knows? But yeah, so these guys, you know, they're, they're sort of coalescing around what they know Mm -hmm. and that's fine. And I guess they figure, fuck it. We, there's no mystery as to who is doing this stuff. Mm -hmm. In fact, there have been other partisans. It's the first time they speak to another person is when they really speak to another person is in the ranch out of town after they go into the town and leave and yeah. they meet and that's when they get to the girls and yeah. he says well you know we heard about attacks and and terrible things and they're saying it's you mm-hmm. so The Russians have already decided that these young boys, who, as far as they know, have already gone to free America, which is uh, west of the Rockies and east of the Mississippi, Mm -hmm. which you think that sounds arbitrary, but no, no. Uh, The Mississippi is a kick-ass anti-tank trench. Yep. Uh, And so are the Rocky Mountains. It's a great barrier. But, (laughs) like, they're already blaming these boys. Why? Because it's good propaganda. Right. And so it's sort of this, like, like, fuck it. They know. Now they know we're shooting people. Yeah. They know who we are. Let's just be the Wolverines. Yeah. Yeah, so they just sort of embrace this. We're the Wolverines. Fuck it, let's do it, and you know, and they sort of, ad- they, like, there's the youngest kid among them all, Danny. He's like, was he 15 when they introduced yeah, him? Something like that. He's a wimp, yeah. and Daryl, the the class president and son of the mayor. Mm-hmm. We see the mayor, and he's play the actor who plays the mayor. He's always the the slimy. Uh, Will the, the Quisling politician? Mm-hmm. You, you know the term Quisling? Yeah, He yeah. uh, Qu- was actually the I think it was the prime minister of Sweden or Norway during the Second World War. He was a collaborator. Okay, he was this weenie, no spine, did what the Soviet or did what the Nazis told him to. His last name was Quisling, and now a Quisling is that person. Oh, I didn't and know that. And Daryl's dad, from. yeah, Daryl's dad is a Quisling mayor. Yeah, he's been in that on like twelve other shows. He was in V which now occurs to me we totally have to do that. That was a, about an alien invasion of the Earth. It's really oh, quite okay. awesome. Oh, they remade, they remade that into, into a CBC miniseries. Yeah, it was a C, it was CBS. Oh, CBS, sorry. Yeah, it was a CBS miniseries to begin with. That It was very good for its day. But anyway, um, <laughs> he played a, the same sort of quizzling politician yeah. there. But yeah, like Daryl isn't a particularly tough guy. No. Aardvark, he's sort of in the middle. You don't really learn much about him. Yeah, he's just that sort he of... sad his dad died. Yeah. The, the brothers are they just want to survive yeah. and then they decide they're going to get into this and Robert yeah. the kid with the Star Wars he very quickly becomes he's the only one who has any character development
1: yeah he's, because Jed is always hard yeah everyone's a little static Jed's hard Maddie's just there because he's following Jed and he
0: yeah he sort of in the end we realize he's an old man like we're all used up yeah. it's the, one yeah. of the last things he says to the, to the surviving people mm-hmm. but yeah like Robert sort of he has this arc he gets angry all that hate's going to burn you up kid it keeps me warm. Yeah. Obviously, um, because, because some guy sees him carving uh, hash marks into the uh, into the the butt of his AK-47s, which mm-hmm. are made of wood, or at least they were. I don't know if they are anymore, but. Uh, you know, like, these three, the brothers and Robert, seem to be the only ones who are really, really into this. The yeah. girls, I mean, they really don't have a choice. Like, they are yeah. they're not 80s girls. And I'm going to no. hand it to this movie. They are just as tough. And at one point, one of them says, we are just as good as any of yeah. you. But they they don't really change. They, we meet them, and they're already hard because yeah. they've already been brutalized. We learn one of them has been raped. Mm-hmm. And we learn that because Charlie Sheen's character, Maddie, throws the pots and pans at one of the girls and says, make yourself useful. Yeah. And she throws them back in her face and says, you know, we're just as good as you, don't tell me to do that. And he says, what's up your ass? And she fucking loses it on him. And that's when oh, we yeah. realized yeah. When, you know, when granddad said they tried to have their way, mm-hmm. maybe granddad doesn't know that clearly it was more than try. Yeah, And it's, it's, it's a, uh, they're, they're not 80s girls. No, they're not. And I, lo- and I, I really appreciate that, that. And the feminist in me appreciates that. They're strong throughout the entire movie. Yeah, they but they don't get, have... but they don't get, they don't change. So I'm no. About, Tony gets nicer. She has that yeah. one part yeah, just before great. she's killed yeah. where they're they're eating oranges and she keeps squeezing an orange on top of Jed's head. Yeah. And he like he looks back, huh? And she's pretending to eat, and then yeah. she squeezes a little more. She develops a sense of humor, and the older one, the one who's been raped, she gets a little more relaxed because eventually they wind up picking mm-hmm. up Power's booth. This right. this he and here he's an F-15 Eagle driver. That's why he calls himself an Eagle, Eagle driver. driver yes. The F-15 Eagle. Eagle. They sort of you know, he he sort of bails out, and he he ends up being part of the group, and she sort of glums onto him. Not because there's it well, we learn she loves him, yeah. But it's mostly he's an adult figure; he's the grown up. Mm-hmm. He's a Lieutenant Colonel. He's an older guy. He's he's war weary. You know, he has a wife and kids. Mm-hmm. She sort of glums onto him, and she gets a like she lightens off a bit. So yeah. does Tony. But really, other than Robert, no one has a, much of a character arc. And, yeah. and, and, and in Robert's case, he just becomes a monster. Yeah, I mean, Um, I think that he's
1: probably the best case study in this film for, like, the ravages of a war.
0: Absolutely. You're absolutely right. It's the brothers and Robert who seem to be the ones enthusiastic. The girls sort of accept it. The other guys are sort of along for the ride because they have no choice. And we learn that the, 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 the occupiers have no idea how to deal with this. At one point, Colonel Bellow he makes a point. He's like, I was the partisan. I was these people, and now I'm a policeman. Yeah. And, you know, there's always that one other guy who follows him along when he gets to his chief of staff, and there's that Soviet guy who I swear to God is right out of every bad Cold <laughs> War movie with the extreme features and the etched beard, which terrifyingly looks like a much neater version of mine, but it's like, <laughs> look, Soviet agent. Yes. Soviet commissar. I, th-
1: I think it was uh, you in, in Raiders that said, look, the Ru-
0: or the German... The, the, yeah, the German spy, yeah. Yes. <laughs> like he's And it's just the look of him. It's like they must have picked the guy like, oh my God, him. I yeah. want him. Yeah. And yeah, so he's complaining to these people. like, I don't know how to deal with this. And they start executing people. They they try this friendship center mm-hmm. and all these things that maybe, maybe have been tried, but it's clear they don't know how to deal with the Wolverines. So they wind up bringing in this scary-ass Russian who is Spetsnaz, which is mm. Soviet Special Forces. You may think, okay, well, I know the Navy SEALs and Canadian Joint Task Force, too. Man. No, 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 no. These guys were trained to be monsters, to parachute into Anchorage, Alaska, and kill everyone who had an American accent. Mm. They were monsters. And we had the Airborne Regiment, who were designed to fight Spetsnaz. These guys are fucking terrifying. And after the fall of the Soviet Union, when these guys laid off, they all wound up, in the Russian mob, which is why in the '90s and in the 2000s the Russian mob got such a reputation for brutality, because their enforcers were spetsnaz, and these guys show up, and the first thing that the colonel says is, "We're going to stop the executions. Yeah. We're going to stop this nonsense. It's not helping us. Mm-hmm. The only way to deal with the wolverines is to kill them, because at this point they've already killed their. We actually witnessed them execute yes. the, uh, the, the the fathers, like they make them dig their own yeah. grave, and they execute the families of." Of these people, you know things are progressively es- escalating. These people are getting into a very dark place. Bello has recognized he's out of his league. They've brought in the Spetsnaz, and things get ugly. And actually, the very first time the Spetsnaz—well, actually, the first time we learn what the Spetsnaz have done is where we learn just how weak one of the uh, one of yes. the Wolverines is. Yes, they have this 1980s era track. And and they ambush him and they, you know they they kill these Spetsnaz guys, and then we learn that, you know, among their stuff is this the sensor, and we realize that Daryl has a bug in him mm-hmm. which he was made to swallow because at mm-hmm. some point he got snuck he was snuck into town. Mm-hmm. He went to his father who turned him in, was tortured. If you remember, he says, you yep. would not believe the things they did to me. And they made him swallow this thing. Now, my question is, how do they not notice this guy being gone for a day or two? Yeah, that's kind and of... coming uh, home wrecked.
1: Yeah, that's another one of those plot holes. Like, if he was tortured as brutally as he says you that he was... You wouldn't believe the things they did to me. Yeah, yeah. You, would, you would imagine that. And I so, mean, unless it was done in places you're not going to normally
0: look when you're just hanging but out. But still, towards. how would you not notice that? How yeah. would you not pick up? Like, you don't... You don't come out of that stuff whole. No, of course. You know, there's a reason torture is a war crime. Yeah. You know, it's a war crime again for a reason yeah. because, you, because people don't come out of that whole, and no one notices it. That to me is the biggest glaring error. Like, mm-hmm. how do they not notice that Daryl went missing for a few days? Yeah. I mean, yes, I get it. Like when when you see when we when we see the execution of the parents, it's only Maddie, mm-hmm. Charlie Sheen's character, who witnesses it. But. And it was only Maddie and, and Jed and Robert who went out to visit the town and then picked up the girls on the way out. Mm. So we know the group splits up, but how do they not know Daryl missing? Yeah. Really? He doesn't come back after his couple hours out on patrol? Or, on patrol or yeah. going... Or yeah. foraging or scouting or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, that just... That came that came across to me as... That's a big plot hole. Yeah. But it happens. And, and so they... And this is how we learn how bad... Like, like you say, the case study of Robert. Mm-hmm. Because they... They save one of the troops. One of the troops survives, and they execute him. Mm-hmm. And because they, they want to do a firing squad, and Jed wants to do a firing squad, and, and, and Maddie says no. The only time he ever defies his brother. Now get your rifles. No!
1: What did you say? I said no! We're not doing it! What's the difference, Jed, huh? I'll do it. Shut up, Robert! Tell me, what's the difference between us and them?
0: Because we live here. Ah! He shoots the soldier, and then they want to shoot Daryl, and he just can't do it. And Robert says, "I'll do it," and guns him
1: down. Yeah, he just kind of—I mean, there—it's not even that he just goes, "I'll do it." Walks up, shoots him. They're, uh Maddie, and. Jeb are in this heated argument about whether or not they can do yeah, this and he says I'll do
0: it yeah and nobody's paying attention to him he just walks around behind him well no, but no because remember Jed then shoots he says we live here and he shoots the soldier and then he points his gun at Daryl and Daryl's mm-hmm. begging him don't shoot me don't shoot me and he's crying yeah. and it's clear Jed is not going to do it Oh, yes, and that's yes, yes, when Robert yes. just says okay and he just blows it, and he yep. just, and it's so casual it's like you know, he doesn't aim and try to make it a clean hit he mm-hmm. just sort of Levels his gun and fires a few rounds into yep. him, and and the kid collapses against him, and he doesn't have any sympathy on his mm-hmm. eyes. He's got his friend's blood all over him, mm-hmm. and they're wearing white camouflage or a white whatever. Yeah, because this is in December now. I'll, I'll give him credit; they actually got they actually did pretty good with 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 the gear they showed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's covered in blood, literally and figuratively, and he yes. doesn't care. Yeah, um, because at one point he's the one when you know when we see him carving. Uh, hash marks into his ak-47 the the pilot looks at him and says that you know they, this hate's gonna eat you up he says it keeps me warm and he says it with a smile and you go jesus mm-hmm.
1: and i think that's probably the first time that we kind of start or wait no does that happen after this or no before? no well before was it okay yeah so then that's kind of the first moment yeah, because by that got, time oh, what's his whoa. name is
0: yeah because by that time what's his name is died oh yeah because they yeah. try and sneak him across the lines right to get you know to get the pilot home and he gets killed mm-hmm. when they deal with a tank yes and that's actually where aardvark dies Yes. He's the one who shot and, and collapses over the the, uh, the tank barrel. Yes. Yeah, so we've seen the slow brutality. I mean, my first hint of Robert's brutality is we see him after that first uh, encounter with the three Soviet, I want to call them tourists, the one who went yeah. in the mountains. He saws the, the barrel off a shotgun.
1: Yeah, you know what? That's actually a really good point. Yeah, I'd forgotten and, that.
0: And, and that's your first hint that he's into the killing. Mm-hmm. And then he wants to be effective. He wants to be effective, but he wants to be a killer. Yeah and like right up until the end like the, the sort of the second encounter with Spetsnaz is, is clearly a setup because yeah. after Daryl is killed they have to abandon their camp. Mm-hmm. At this point they have horses they were given horses by the grandfather of the girls. And 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 they are coming and they come sort of down out of it looked like the Arizona canyons, but I've never—I've never been in Colorado, so I don't know. Yeah. But they see a Soviet convoy, which they're going to ambush. But as the convoy pulls away, two boxes fall out of mm-hmm. the back of a truck. They send down Tony. It's a lot of food, and so they're sort of kicking back and, you know, eating. Mm-hmm. And that's where we see that cute bit between Tony and Jed, yeah. uh, with the squeezing of the orange on his head. And then, in like the worst, <laughs> the worst ambush ever. Yes. Out of the blue comes three Hind helicopters, which you should Google. That they're terrifying-looking helicopters. They're like Apaches, but they're also troop helicopters. Like, if you knew you were going to do an ambush in that area, why wouldn't you have troops ready? But they don't. Yeah. So you hear these. You know, you hear the you hear the helicopters coming, and they start gunning these people down. Tony is killed, mm-hmm. and a lot of these people are killed. Actually, it's left with just three in the end. Yeah. But Robert. Realizing he's dead, he yeah. knows he's not getting out. He's had his horse shot out from under him. Though he's got the best aim with a RPG I've ever seen. Yeah, you know, yeah, that a was definitely a moment. Right through the the window into the troop yeah, carrier. Yeah, maybe the, what like two feet by
1: two feet wide. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah,
0: right through the window into the into the troop carrier mm-hmm. of the uh, of the uh, of the hind. He gets it. And of course, it doesn't do anything because it's an open area, mm-hmm. and it's it's a movie, so that you know, yeah. the the uh, the helicopter still has things to do. Right. He realizes he's going to die, and he so he st- sort of stands with a this big rock behind him. He puts his mask over his face, screams "Wolverines," and from the hip just starts gunning down. Yes. And then he gets killed. Yes, because
1: okay. you know, obviously, if you're aiming from the hip, you're going to yeah. hit every. But, single yeah,
0: but time. he at that point, I think he knows he's going to die. So fuck it, go out in a blaze of glory. Yeah, that's fair. Like at this point, I don't think he cares where he lives or dies. He's <clears> done. <throat> no, and he when you put your back up to a wall and you pull your mask over your mouth and yeah, Yoles, yeah, yeah, you're you're gonna you're you're done. Yeah, uh, and then because that's where Tony goes, though she's left a grenade. No, mm-hmm. we get the impression that maybe Tony and Jed had something going because he seems obviously upset that she's dying, but there's an intimacy to the way they yeah. speak. It, it sort of seems as though that that's kind of where more character developments happen than inter- interpersonal Or the hint of it. Yeah. And that's what's frustrating. Show me that five minute scene where they get a little bit close. Yeah. It's not going to hurt anyone. No. Like, but
1: yeah. It, even it, even a minute spursed out here and there where they're kind of even just yeah. like a couple of looks or a couple of words. Because yeah, they gave anything. that
0: to sister, her sister. Yeah. When during the sort of the football game
1: with the, the mm-hmm. pilot. Yes. and because And then that sort of culminates to not a whole lot.
0: Yeah, but we see that she remember she says, I will never love again. That's yes. where we realize yes. she was in love with him. But it's kind of that young teenage puppy love mm-hmm. because again he's married or yeah. like he maybe he's still married, we mm-hmm. don't know. Married he doesn't know where his family he, we don't know where his family yeah. is. Um because he's a whole different level of hardcore because yeah. he's been he knows what's happening. He talks about the nuclear strikes mm-hmm. and you know, four hundred million dead uh Chinese and yeah. uh, you, you know what was it, half a million skeletons in Denver yeah. um, they, you know, it's medieval and all that, I mean, I'll include that speech because it's, it's pretty terrifying it but.
1: You think you're tough, reading beans every day? there's half a million scarecrows in Denver would give anything one mouthful of what you got? They've been in the seas for about three months They live on rats and us sort bread of sometimes on each other At night, the fires for the dead light
0: up the sky. It's medieval. We learn that... Me, I don't think they were intimate.
1: No. Tony's sister no.
0: And, and and the pilot. And I don't think she ever thought it would be, but she's got that sort of puppy mm-hmm. love thing. And again, there's the hint with Jed and Tony, but yeah. frustratingly, we never know. No. but So now she's dead, yeah. and we're left with Danny yep Tony's sister I'm embarrassed what's it what, Leah Thompson's the actress I yeah her name. I cannot remember yeah. because she's just involved so little she's yeah, just kind of there we get her name once yeah and whereas Tony would get it a few times mm-hmm. and then the brothers that's yes. all that's left and clearly they've made a decision that the brothers are going to create this holy hell distraction so mm-hmm. that the girl and Danny can escape mm-hmm. over the lines into I'm going to say California like right over the Rockies and it's like, at this point, they're wearing, it's interesting that their clothing sort of marks how deep in they yeah. are, because the first one to go full Soviet clothing is Robert, mm-hmm. um, but by the end, they're all wearing nothing but Soviet gear, except Maddie, who mm-hmm. still has his team jacket on. Yes. Which he's I, got it underneath everything. Yeah, yeah. I like that. After all this time, he still has that jacket. Yeah. And I, I appreciated that from it, a character perspective. He's yeah. holding on to, he's trying to hold on to his former life. Yeah his his former life the little bit
1: of humanity that he's got left yeah. that point in time where he was able to just be a kid
0: yeah yeah and and remember he's the one he's the one who says no we're not going to do the execution mm-hmm. we're not going to the firing squad but in the end even he says you know we, we remember danny says and the girls say come with us yeah. you can escape you can live someone has yeah. to live and he says I'm all, we're all used up yeah. he knows he's going to die he says, this is a suicide mission he damn well knows it mm-hmm. or at least they're going to continue on with yeah. another group of partisans somewhere well, I mean, yeah. they, they kind of make the make the little bit of a
1: half-attempted speech between him and Jed uh, when they're, they're in the bombed-out school. Yeah, and which we
0: only have to guess at because we can see in the yeah. background the, uh, uh, the basketball hoop. And, and then the picture, perfectly preserved, of him in his <laughs> yes. glory days as a as a, a quarterback, which mm-hmm. I would like to have seen a, a little bit of contemplation on. Like, yeah. my God, look how far I am from being the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing with the quarterback we haven't mentioned, and it's just not the big deal in Canada, um, that... In there, if you're the if you're the quarterback, you're you know the quarterback dates dates you know the generic well, who does he date uh, the, the cheer the head the captain of the cheerleading yes. team and they're the homecoming queen. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's just high that's that's high school movie bullshit, right? But if you're the quarterback of the team, you are socially at the top of the heap. Here, no one gives a shit. Yeah, <laughs> and Rook, we won. I mean, we won provincial champions, but mm-hmm. no one knew that. I couldn't have told you the name of a guy on yeah. that team at gunpoint. Man. I knew one of the, the the cheerleaders but she was in drama with me. It would have been nice to have seen, in mm-hmm. retrospect, some how far Jed has come from his glory days as yeah. Mr. Popular, where I assume he was... <laughs> I, Didn't I, they call him Mister Wonderful in that first bit? Didn't they have some like you were the that. big quarterback or something? Yeah, like that? because
1: they're giving him a hard time
0: for oh, you lost a game. Yeah, once. I think I don't, you're lying. Yeah, I think
1: I think you're lying. I don't think
0: I ever did. Yeah. yeah, because yeah, because the whole point is that the game at the beginning of the movie it's thirteen to twenty-one for whoever was for playing. The, the
1: vis- visitors, visitors,
0: like you think they take that score down? The, um, why am I having
1: such a hard time speaking coherently today?
0: No, it's it's good because this is an audio <laughs> podcast and it's important
1: we speak goodly. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, the only way that I can think of that they might have been able to do something with his progression is just like more references to him being a quarterback in high school. Yeah, but he
0: abandons that immediately. Like that's the one thing he Mm -hmm. sheds his civilian self. Yeah. So fast. The only time we see him panic is when they're parked in the in in the in the uh, in the gas station. And mm-hmm. He's looking at the explosions of the distance. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Mm-hmm. But then he just he's focused. Yeah. And and five minutes later, they're fixing fixes his car. and We realize we need water for the radiator. And we can <laughs> piss in the radiator. In the and he's jam. at that point he's become hardcore. Mm-hmm. And, and like it's clear he's sort of he's buckled down. He's you know you just he flips switches. Mm-hmm. And but but later we see him crying. Yeah. Like he's crying over Daryl. Yeah. Eventually and you get yeah. emotion out of it. Yeah. But at this last scene, as they're preparing Preparing for this final strike he's in his high school he's seen this mm-hmm. picture of what he once was yeah like, give us two minutes you know take I'm always frustrated by movies that don't take time to breathe yeah I call it J.J. J. Abrams syndrome. Oh, yeah. No time, no time. Got to go, got to go, yep. got to go. There needs to be another explosion. Yeah, and there, well, even not another explosion. Just needs to keep moving, keep moving. No, no, no time. What is red matter in the Star Trek movies? Doesn't matter. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Like, it's it's very frustrating. It's yeah. actually uh, one of the reasons I hated Mission Impossible 3 mm-hmm. is because everything happens so fast. It's There's a brutal efficiency to it that offended me. Mm-hmm. It's actually why I didn't like the uh, the bad guy because he's this monster. No time for character development. Got to go, got to go. And so you have this... This narrative steamrolling effect, mm-hmm. which works at the beginning of the movie when it's okay, here's five minutes of normalcy and then holy shit, we're at war. Yeah, but there's you got to then at some point take time, and they never do with Jet, other than no. seeing him crying once, and because yeah. we see he has a picture of him and his his brother as little kids on the little league team. Yeah, but we don't see much enough of this, and it's so it's hard to know what they've lost as brothers. Yeah, even though the, their last scene after this shootout is them In dying. The yeah. Because what well, we know, Maddie is dead, because he takes you know, 65 bullets to <laughs> the chest. We know that, that Jed has been taking a few shots, because he's the one who kills the Spetsnaz commander. Yeah, But we mm-hmm. know he's going to die, and they stumble onto this, what do you call it? It, it was it, a park a bench. A park bench, because yeah. the, there was the story of, uh, the father had said, you know, I remember pushing you on the swings, mm-hmm. and that's where they've gone. Yeah. And that's very, and obviously that is symbolically chosen. Look, mm-hmm. th- this is where they've gone to die, the last place they were little. Yeah. Which is a reference made from the funeral when they bury the first people who die, but we just don't have the time for development, and that's f- frustrating. Yeah. We get to see evidence of development, mm-hmm. yeah, which is not the same as development.
1: No, you're you're given given the pieces to put together to say, oh, there has been development, but you don't see the see the link between the two. Yeah,
0: and Danny is still the he's still kind of a I won't say a wimp. That's not fair because he's a partisan like the rest of them. Yeah, but he's still he wants to live. He's, he's still the the young. Un- I don't think that's fair. I think whiny is a better term. Yeah, he's okay, not he's, he's not conniving. He's not plotting against yeah. them. Uh, and even in Daryl's case, he was forced to do it. Yeah. You can't fault him for that. That was his father's fault. That was his father's fault. What are you going to do? Yeah. But, you know, in the end, he doesn't seem to have changed at all. Mm-hmm. And hes it's only one of three, four scenes the guy speaks anyway, and she just sort of goes along. Yeah. So while these two wreak havoc, these guys, the other two, the girl in Leah Thompson's character and uh, and, and um, Danny escape uh, off to California. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's the only, And that's actually where we finally learn that Colonel Ernesto Bello has mm-hmm. given up. He's writing. He, I miss my wife. There, there is no revolution. Yeah. There is only home. D- home. Yeah. I'm. I'm. Re- I'm. I'm resigning. Yeah. And you know, he see, At one point, he's sort of outside his, I guess, officers' club, and he yeah. sees Jed stumble by with mm-hmm. Maddie in his arms, and he can't bring himself to shoot him, and he yeah. sort of waves yeah. them off, and he drops his weapon because mm-hmm. he's done. Yeah. A better movie. Would have spent time with Colonel Bellow mm-hmm. for us to see what he thought this revolution was. Good. Because clearly, this is a world in which the the communist revolution has succeeded mm-hmm. and has steamrolled, you know, Eastern Europe, which it had anyway. But mm-hmm. you know, in Afghanistan and in um, all the way down into Africa, all the way into Africa, and he has become so disillusioned with again a revolution that has succeeded. And in the end of it, he cannot kill yeah. these characters. I, would, I wanted to see more of that. I would have happily sat... I always say, I will sit through a three-hour movie that's worth seeing. Yeah, Don't make me sit through a three-hour movie that's nothing but explosions. Mm-hmm. This movie needed to be 20 minutes longer, and, 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 that, and that needed to go to character. Mm-hmm. Because the... the the fighting isn't... It's not like a, a Marvel movie where it's just like, oh, goody, another action scene where yeah. I know it's going to happen. Well, it's not like you have... The action scenes are real... I won't say realistic, No, but, but, but they're yeah. not overly... They don't, stay, they, over, they don't overstay their welcome. Yeah, they've got they've got something to say with each action yeah.
1: scene. That being said, though, I wouldn't have been upset if they'd taken some of these action scenes and substituted it out for a five-minute um, yeah. character the development. Yeah, the bombing of the Friendship
0: Center, I think exactly. they could have done without that, because that starts off with... Like, that's a good exposition piece mm-hmm. because he's talking to the you know the not a soviet commissar character yes. uh and they're yelling at each other and, and it, like yeah i could have i would have liked to have seen more of that you're right yeah um though i i do like everything that they did with well not everything
1: that they did i like for the most part what they did with all the action scenes i don't think that there was anything yeah. that besides the they're the brutal movie. they're yeah.
0: clumsy People yep. trip. Yep, that's
1: um, and that's great. It it portrays this. It's not this polished J.J. Abrams. Everybody is knowing going to this pos- yeah. specific position, and they know exactly. Everyone's what's going a ballerina on.
0: Dan- yeah. dancer with perfect uh, with perfect balance. Why? Exactly. Because they they've rehearsed the scene for two months before yeah. they shot it. No, people are tripping over each it, other. It's they're clumsy. And, yeah, know. it's clumsy. People are confused as to mm-hmm. what's going on. The Russians don't know what the fuck is happening because they're not like yeah. It's it. it you're right. It's maybe in that way it is realistic. Yeah. Even if the partisan action itself <laughs> is not yeah. necessarily the fact that the fact that it's a mess, mm-hmm. it everything's is. a mess. At at
1: the end of the day, this entire this entire strike against the communist occupation is mm-hmm. being played out by six kids and a and an Air Force colonel.
0: Yeah, who? Um, yeah, who? You know, clearly isn't any better than any of them. No, because his first. Well, not his first one of well, one of his one of his first operations out, he gets yeah. nailed. Yeah. Um, I mean, you you do see that he's definitely a seasoned, uh, seasoned. Oh yeah. When it comes to tactics, though, because yes, which is a, ironic because he's a freaking Air Force colonel. Yeah. But you know, when you're that age, you've gone to the war college. You've mm-hmm. probably been taught. Yeah. So this. Yeah. He is. He's a professional. Yeah. He knows what's going on. And the kids aren't because yeah. he says you know enfilade or defilade fire and flanking. What's yeah. a defilade? What's <laughs> flanking fire? <laughs> what's like, grazing fire? What's grazing yeah. fire? Like yeah. And that's um, yeah. It's so we should probably wrap this up. Because, okay. So now that you've seen it. Like you said, you sort of remembered seeing it way back when maybe mm-hmm. kind of sort of yeah now that you've seen it if you had like well how is it it's a good movie it's still a very
1: good movie i mm. think that no matter uh no matter what perspective you're coming at this movie from whether you're seeing it in the theaters from the first mm. time or whether you're seeing it in 2018 as a retrospective yeah. there's something that you can take away from this and enjoy mm-hmm. in the movie whether or not you're here for I mean if you're here for character development you're probably in the wrong spot. You're in the wrong spot. But if you're here for a survival movie, you're gonna get a survival movie. If you're here for a war movie, you're you're gonna pull that out as well. And you get that 80s action movie that just kinda makes you smile. From the hip. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Makes you smile and watch things go boom. It's yeah it's nice in that way. Fair enough. And I think that this is still a good movie that people should watch, though I know that some people might not have the patience for it. Um because there are times where it feels like all right let's let's do something i I, I like slow but that's no, no, just don't mean, don't, don't get me wrong. wrong oh
0: yeah i know it's i mean you grow up, you've grown up in a much faster era mm-hmm.
1: you do and you know. and i do appreciate the the slower pacing and i like yeah. that because it's refreshing where you get to develop things yeah. and you don't have that stop JJ and breathe yeah, yeah you don't have jj abrams syndrome where it's go 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 explosion explosion yeah. story time um i remember when <laughs> i remember
0: when they announced that he was going to do star wars you know mm-hmm. episode you know so, seven. seven, you know, and I remember saying, I wrote on Facebook. Dear Star Wars fan, remember what he did to Star Trek? No. Now he's coming for you. But yeah. So eh, it's now. Uh, what about from like? I mean, obviously, on a political standpoint, though. I mean, you come from a conservative background. I do. Yeah. I so I would
1: consider myself more rightward leaning.
0: So, you tell me, mm-hmm. what's your perspective on what you're seeing here? Because you, I mean, obviously, you're not some you're not some gun toten no Billy. You know, you're not. You're not. You're you're not a caricature. So. You, mm-hmm. Where do you come at this from? Like, when you look at that, how does that feel to you? I look you at say? this,
1: and even though I, I do kind of, like I said, come from a, a rightward side of mm-hmm. things, it does seem over-the-top conservative at times. Like, it, what specifically? If you had to point to one thing and say, oh, come on. I mean, probably just the raw, raw anti-Russian... Uh, um, Anti-Soviet. Sent, Anti-Soviet Russians, Union, yeah. yeah. Anti-Soviet Union sentiment that this whole thing is leaning towards that that anybody who's a communist is a terrible person who is nothing better than just somebody who wants to take away all your freedom and all your guns i mean they you need to go find form 4493 or whatever it was and that's the listing of everybody who has a registered gun
0: yeah that's a very political second amendment and again this is before the nra lost its mind and yes yeah so and
1: and even at that point, as as somebody who believes that there's there's a purpose for guns, yeah. but not you know I don't need to be able to walk down the street with an AR-15. What is isn't Obama's block army coming for you? Oh, probably. Probably. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I, tomorrow. I've posted pictures of myself wearing camo online, so who knows? Anyways, <laughs> yeah. um, even at that point, it's kind of like a okay, put it put down the flag. Let's let's take a step back here, yeah. and it's yeah. it's goofy.
0: But uh, maybe being Canadians. And I don't care. I mean, we live in the most conservative major city and the most conservative province in Canada. And I think we would be called, at best, centrists there. Oh, at best? I mean, I'd be a a left-wing commie, Mm -hmm. but you'd be a centrist. But yeah, it's... It's a different like maybe we lack the perspective that a, a young American who grow who grows up in a town like that mm-hmm. today maybe be better to ask them but yeah, yeah. I, mean, it's, I wanted you here because I wanted that perspective. Mm-hmm. What about the whole Cold War thing? Like I said, you grew up. Remember, yes. I said to you, this must seem like science fiction mm-hmm. to you. But I grew up thinking, oh my God, that you know we might there might be war. Mm-hmm. Well, it it's weird because.
1: It's not as science fictiony as it. it probably I don't mean science fiction. I, I mean, well, you okay, know, like yeah. sort of outlandish. Yeah, you know? okay, better, better word yeah. for it. Um, it's not as outlandish as it probably would have been to me maybe ten years ago. Yeah. Uh, what
0: at is, that? The, is this? Is this? It's, it's Russia. Is, this, is, 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 is Bar- it's Putin? And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's
1: that's probably the thing where I go. Oh, there's something something echoing in the back of my mind that maybe one day. But by the same token, I'm not thinking that. Uh, Russia is going to start airdropping troops into Ontario yeah. because they disagree with our Prime Minister. Like It's <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. But and they're...
0: it's funny because you don't get really exposed to that, though mm-hmm. actually you kind of do. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, 2. Yes. is of course about a Russian invasion of the US. Yes. Do you remember that game?
1: I do. I've played a lot of that game. Yeah,
0: so do. I'm actually replaying it now. Oh. Um, just just sort of the like, special upside. I'm going to go through the campaign mm-hmm. of Modern Warfare 2 and 3. If you remember the campaign mission early on where you played the National Guardsmen racing through that... Uh, uh, that Virginia neighborhood and the yes. paratroopers coming. Do you yes. remember what the name of that mission is? It was Red Dawn, Wolf- wasn't it? No, it, it was no. Wolverines. Oh, was it Wolverines? Yes, oh, it okay. was. Yes, it was. So that has played out and, and the game Homefront, which I mm-hmm. think came around the same time, Yeah, it was is about the North Korean, or sorry, a unified communist mm-hmm. Korean invasion written by John Milius. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they recently released sort of a semi-sequel to that one called Homefront: The Revolution, which takes yeah. place, I think, in Philadelphia, and so I th- think
1: that that's after sort of the fall of the states to North Korea. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A, it,
0: it's meant to continue the story. Yeah. So these things are out there for you, but it's almost comical. It is. Whereas it's... I grew up expecting World War yeah. Three, and at this point, it's it's kind of
1: a joke. I mean, you you sort of look around at, and I'm going to take Call of Duty as mm. the the example here. Yeah. But what what is Call of Duty? Gone to like they've had to go back to World War Two because yeah. they ran out of other countries that they could put yeah, things yeah. on. Modern Warfare Three was oh look Brazil took over the super
0: space station that we've got. No, oh, that's I, uh, that no 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 that's uh, ghosts. That oh, was Call they get Ghost. ghosts. Modern Warfare Three was remember, Modern Warfare Two and Three were essentially a, 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 a world war between a non nuclear world war between yes. Russia because World war, because Modern Warfare Three is the reinvasion of Europe. Remember, you attack yes, London, yes, yes, you attack uh, uh, Paris because at one point we have to make a run as the, uh, the the Eiffel Tower comes mm-hmm. down around you because that's totally realistic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, it's... I played that yeah. once. <laughs> yeah, it's amusing for five minutes. But yeah, yeah it's... um, They're fun games. They are they what are. they are. But yeah. it's it's played for comic effect. It whereas is. back then, yes, there were movies. There was a movie called Survivors with Dan, Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase, which is about loonies who wander around in the countryside waiting for them Ruskies to arrive. And mm-hmm. we sort of laugh at them, but there were people who took this deadly serious because they thought it was going to happen. Yeah, you know, and at the same point in time, I mean, like you you still have these people; they're still there. I mean, they now make, they're, they're, they're...
1: freaking dangerous, man. Now they have weapons that would, you know, and yeah. now they have military weapons. Yeah, now you got Qaeda. Yeah, which I say what you will about the people. That's the best name for any homegrown
0: terrorist organization I, 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 ever. I, I, well, that's not what they call themselves. That's what the internet called them. Oh no, I know. I prefer I prefer the other one uh, bo, uh, instead of Boko Haram, which is yeah. a terrible group in Africa. Mm-hmm. Boko Haram uh, means uh, Western education is forbidden. Boko book Haram forbidden. Anyway, um, uh, it was uh, Bumkin Haram. Bumpkin Haram. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So from my perspective, and then we'll sort of wrap this up is that. I am much more aware of the politics than I was. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's just because, God help me, I watched Amarageddon last night, or at least the first hour of it. <laughs> I'm and sorry. because I am so in tune, I follow American politics real closely. Yeah, you and do. And because I expose myself to the fringe right, because I want to understand. Mm-hmm. I read Fox News because I want to understand <laughs> not reality, I want to understand. The bubble these people have created for themselves. I also read MSNBC. Mm-hmm. I recognize they're in a bubble too, but not nearly as bad. Mm-hmm. But I want to understand the people who would vote for someone like Trump. So I'm exposed to this sort of vitriol. So maybe, maybe this movie, I'm my maybe this was my my spidey sense is already tingling, mm-hmm. and I pick that up. But I don't like the movie as much as I did. I still enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. But I don't think it's the awesome movie because it's no longer a problem to solve. Right. Because I realize the ridiculousness of. A Soviet invasion of the United States because my my like I have a major and a minor in history and my minor yeah. is military history so I know <laughs> that's bullshit there yeah. but yeah so if you had to give it out of five stars what would you give it um
1: man that's I I'd probably waver between uh, three and a half and four stars still it's yeah. still it's still a good movie it's, it's not, worth watching yeah it is worth watching it's worth sitting down oh it's on TV sure let's sit down yeah. and watch
0: this I don't think I could do that because I think it's too intense but. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. I, I would think of it as sort of if someone said, "Is this a movie worth watching?" I'd say, "Yeah, do it." Yeah, just not the sequel, <laughs> or not the uh, not the uh, the remake. The remake, yeah, yeah. You know, no sequel to this. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, I think I would. I, I, I'm not sure I'd go as far as four. I'd say three and a half. Keep it there. Yeah, just because the as a writer the holes they bother me. And, I can see. And, yeah, and it's like after a while, it's, it's like being poked with a pin. One mm-hmm. pin is not a big deal, mm-hmm. but when you're in your fourth or fifth poke, you start to bleed and go. Okay, let's wrap this up, shall we? Let's fix this. Yeah. And they never do. They never tie up those loose ends, and I find that frustrating. Mm-hmm. And also, I got to fault them for a criminal lack of uh, of character
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: development. When it was when yeah. they show evidence of it, mm-hmm. so then show it to me. Yeah, exactly. If you're going to hint at something, show it what you're hinting at. Come on. Yeah. But, give us give us something. Yeah. And so there it is. Yeah. You've survived your first podcast with us. Hopefully, there'll be more. I hope so too. Yeah.
1: Wolverines. <laughs>